This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat an advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. The only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. This is it. The moment you've been waiting for. It is championship week right now. It's not some theoretical week in the future that you're playing for. It's right now. Everything that you've tried to achieve during this year is in your grasp. And the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast are here to help you. I am your host, Tim Patrop, here with the one, the only, Michael Patrop. What's good? And the Fantasy Encyclopedia himself, Matt Ward. What's up, my brother? What's up, man? What's good? My brother from another mother and my actual brother right here. Um, And we are, look, we're focused. We're locked in. So let me not even waste any time on, on any banter or any ads. Download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And join Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because we're going to answer their start sick questions at the end of this episode. And then you're going to wish you were a patron. Right? 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 Come on. Come on. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. As little as $3 a month. Anyway, with that being said, let's get right into the news. Let's get a little Donnie H so we can get going. And we can get into these predictions and get into these start sits and get into all these uh, these wonderful news bits and everything else. Donnie. Donnie. Bring us home. Surprise, motherfucker. That's not it. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. That surprise drop actually surprised me. That was a surprise. Yeah, that was an actual surprise. Uh, But right off the bat, surprise. uh, We're we're getting into it. Uh, So it's going to be a bunch of, a lot of injury reports. You know how the deal goes on Thursday. Uh, But the injury reports are going to be important ones because you need to know who you can play and who you don't, and who you're not playing in your fantasy matchups. And that's it. And one guy that has been getting a lot of questions, we're going to get some questions about him, is Ken Walker. Uh, he was limited on Thursday. He's battled through injuries uh, all month. Uh, he missed one game. Um, limited session on Thursday. He's trending in the right direction to avoid missing a second game, according to this report. Got to look at his Friday's injury report. But uh, if I mean, if you are a guy who rosters Ken Walker, are you scared to death, Mike? Ken Walker does not scare me at all, no. He's done this two weeks in a row. 
he missed he didn't practice a single day last week and then got 26 rushes against the Chiefs. So you're not worried at all. Not worried at all. Not one bit. Either. Not a single strand of worry. <laughs> are you are you worried about the matchup at least? Not necessarily. Oh, my if I have Ken Walker, I'm playing Ken Walker. All right, that's it. It's been said. Hot start. <laughs> uh, Tyler Lockett uh, might come back on Thursday. Uh, he would come back to a hard matchup, but probably better for DK Metcalf if he, if he does come back. Um, I mean, how are you feeling about are, – are you taking the chance on Tyler Lockett in a championship game, Matt? I mean, uh, no. Uh, let's put it that way, yeah. First game back against the Jets, I probably would not want to take a chance on Tyler Lockett, and I think you wrapped it up perfectly, is that it means better things for DK Metcalf. And- uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, uh, limited in Thursday's practice as well. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Christian McCaffrey, so is Matt, but I'm going to be talking a little bit about something a little different when it comes to Christian McCaffrey later in the episode, so let's save that. Uh, Greg D., Greg Dulcich from the Denver Broncos, did not practice with a hamstring injury. You know how these soft tissue uh, injuries go. New head coach, the Broncos are a hot mess. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Dulcich misses this one, and even if he doesn't, not a guy who I'm excited to play uh, anyway with Cortland Sutton back. Uh, Tony Pollard is inactive, as you know, as you're watching the game right now. We're also watching the game right now. Um, What's the score right now, 7-0? 7-0. Yep, you know how you go. It's on in the background. Um, man, so, sorry again, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, returned to practice on Thursday. Uh, looks like he's trending in the right direction. This one is concerning. Uh, Austin Eckler remained limited for Thursday's practice. So, usually you don't care about a limited session, but he looked like he got hurt last game on the last play of the game, and then he, he got eliminated on Wednesday, eliminated on Thursday. And he has never, he hasn't been on the injury report unless he has been injured for the game. Um, and I mean, he hasn't been on the injury report since week nine. And he's been healthy and he's been perfect for your fantasy team. My team, who ended up shitting in the bed, had Austin Eckler on it and I loved every single second of it. Michael, if you are an Austin, a guy who has Austin Eckler on the roster, what, what are you doing to prepare? Are you nervous? What's the deal? I mean, I think a real concern with Austin Eckler isn't it? injury i think it's the fact that the chargers clinched already and it's not like they're gonna win their division or anything so i think that's the real issue same thing with what is going on with you know derrick henry not playing today and now derrick Carr getting sat it's been uh who else i'm blanking on someone but like it's it's going around where people teams who don't need to play their players aren't playing their players and there's no reason really for the chargers to risk Eckler, Justin Herbert, and company getting hurt since they already clinched the playoff spot. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just limit those reps, especially if Austin Eckler is dealing with something. So how do you respond to it if you are a guy who was rid? I mean, Austin Eckler had 20 points last week. There's a lot of people in the championship game right now with Austin Eckler. Yeah. I mean, if he plays, you you play him. But keep an eye on reports on Friday and Saturday, I would say, because they'll they'll announce something if they're going to play their starters or not for the majority of the week i'd assume <sighs> tough one tough one i think uh josh kelly just just in case if josh kelly is available probably worth a pickup at this point you don't you don't Absolutely. need your bench anymore like you're not stashing anyone for the long haul like go fill your bench with handcuffs and quarterbacks go fill it up with handcuffs and quarterbacks uh aaron jones 
limited for Thursday's practice. This is another one that we're going to talk about a little later uh, in the program. So let me skip that one. Uh, Hayden Hurst was a full practice on Thursday. Uh, Not really a guy that you're considering in fantasy and not really a guy that I'm worried about taking anything away from the guys that you are considering in fantasy. Uh, So, you know, that's... Uh, Deontay Johnson practicing full on Thursday. Looks like he's going to play. The Broncos signed Tyler Batty from the Ravens practice squad. Interesting. Uh, Bate, excuse me. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's a baddie, though. All right. He's a baddie. Yeah. Can we just put that out there? He's a baddie. Mm -hmm. He gets what he wants. That that song's all over my school, as you might imagine. Um, Do you know what song I'm talking about? You guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, I have to Ice Spice. I don't understand this whole I know Ice, who Spice Ice Spice obsession is, happening, but, but I'm not like proud of knowing it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Not for the reasons that, that you would think. I mean, that girl's from the Bronx. A lot of a lot of Bronx pride uh, going on in the Bronx about gotcha. her. Um, Lamar Jackson did not practice on Thursday, um, so not going to play probably. And uh, so, you know, if you held on to Lamar Jackson, hoping that you might get one more week out of him, didn't turn out. Sorry. Uh, Miles Sanders is practicing on Thursday. Looks like he is going to play. He's undergone this routine maintenance uh, all season, so it looks like he's going to play. This one's an interesting one. Jalen Hurts practice on Thursday. Let's read the report by Zach Berman on Twitter. We're early in practice, but Hurts is moving around and throwing. He was officially limited, but this is a sign that he could start and play against the Saints in Week 17. It is his first practice since injuring the shoulder in Week 15. Hurts is an obvious QB1 if he is cleared to play, though perhaps with more benching risk than usual in the event that the Eagles build a lead against the Saints. Please, Tim. You think Zach Berman actually sounds like that? My bad, Zach Berman. I just uh, hope nobody sounds like that. Matt, how are you feeling? Like, Jalen Hurts, if he plays, are you just sticking him right back in the lineup and just letting it ride? Of course you are, right? Yeah, I don't really think you have a better option anywhere. He's the QB1. I, I got to tell you, the, this this week when I was doing rankings, I was probably the furthest away from consensus that I've ever been all year, and especially in the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks, if you're not playing the top four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks, it's a crapshoot. It is an absolute like throw in the bucket. Like the matchups all suck. Uh, the people who are playing for different playoff spots and different seeds and not taking the game seriously. Like like there's a chance like Dak doesn't even need to throw in the second half of this game, so he puts up a dud fantasy game. You know, it's a, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of possibility for things like that all over the league. So uh, definitely definitely interesting at the quarterback position this week. Uh, Christian Watson did not practice on Thursday. This is a big one, Michael. What's your reaction if you are a guy who's rostering Christian Watson and depending on him? Yeah, they said the report was that he was going to get in a limited practice, and he didn't practice, which is definitely not good to be downgraded like that. And he did have to leave the game last week, so it's certainly concerning in a in what would have been an absolutely glorious championship matchup against the Vikings. But I mean, I'm not. We'll see how the Friday uh, injury report is always the most important. Even if he gets a limited in there, that would give him a much better shot of you know getting cleared for the game so we'll see i don't know man this is not good if i've if I'm, i mean yeah of course you know, it's not this good is, this is trending backwards uh brandon cooks did not practice on thursday man yeah. uh what i mean no okay. stop okay all right if you insist <laughs> um i mean are, are, i mean the texans wide receiver one has no. been solid 
for weeks now. I mean, he Chris has. Moore, Brandon Cooks. I had Brandon Cooks drink like 10 spots over consensus last week, and he scored a touchdown, and it paid off. I was going to say Chris <laughs> Moore. What do you guys think? No Nico Collins, no Brandon Cooks. In a game the Texans, you know, will probably have a chance in because the Jaguars are not yeah. are not playing for anything. I mean, I think you'd have some flex appeal. I mean, I'm not like super excited. Like, let's go, Chris Moore, baby. But I also don't think it would be a, a like atrocious play. I mean, if you're one of those teams that lost Derrick Henry, and or, like because he's not playing, and then you like you're desperate for a start, and then all of a sudden Chris Brandon Cooks is in play. All of a sudden, Chris Moore in the flex looks a little bit better. Looks a little looks a little nice. Looks like you could actually do it. Josh Dobbs, by the way, just completed a long pass uh, and is wearing. Like fifty thousand dollars worth of diamonds on his neck while he's playing. That's uh that takes that takes some balls he's right a there. Baller, bro. That takes some balls right there. Um, Antonio Gibson did not practice on Thursday. I bet you fifty thousand dollars is like a is like a low estimate of what he's wearing. This guy is wearing like like cubes, just going all around. Um, anyway, Antonio Gibson did not practice on Thursday. Oof. Brian Robinson, I gotta say, one of my favorite plays this week. He could be in line for like thirty touches the way they've just been feeding him the ball, no matter what. It's absurd. Like, they do not care if he runs for two yards a carry. Like, they just hand him the ball over and over. It's pretty ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, he's he looks yeah. like one of the better volume plays this week at the very least. Yeah, I mean. I agree. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the guys that it's almost. a very exploitable Browns defense at that. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Also, in one of the best matchups. He almost made my tier up section, but I just like two other guys better. Um, but he was, he was definitely in consideration. He was on my radar as well. And then. Oh, I'm not gonna give anything away. Sorry, I almost <laughs> name names. Oh, name uh, names. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh, Stefan Stefan Diggs, uh, illness did not practice on Thursday. Uh, whatever he's got, yeah. uh, I think we're gonna talk about more about Stefan Diggs a little later. It's pretty hysterical. Some people think it's food poisoning because he tweeted a couple days ago. Obviously, Buffalo is uh not great right now. Yeah. Um, he has a personal chef. The personal chef can't be there, and he tweeted like. Yo, cooking is the absolute worst. I not only that. does it take mad long, you yeah, have to yeah. do it. You have to do dishes after. Yeah. So clearly, he's not one with cooking. And then he tweeted, <laughs> "I have to cook for myself again today." And then the next day, it's reported he mispracticed with an illness. So everyone thinks he like it was like. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw someone say something like uh, he undercooked the chicken. He made a perfect medium rare chicken and yeah. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect medium rare chicken that's a good one that's actually a good one so who I knows s- i once i saw someone eating eating chicken shum- shumai it's raw chicken all you do is like sear the outsides and you eat the chicken raw that looked like the most disgusting thing i've ever seen i don't know okay here we go into back into football uh dolphin <laughs> dolphins offensive coordinator darren bevel said that two attack of taga viola I can't, still can't get that after all these years. Two a tongue of Iloa. There he goes. Will not be in Thursday's quarterback meetings. Okay. Yeah, he's not playing. We already knew that. Uh, let's move on. Um, Cam Akers. Uh, the Athletics' Jordan Rodriguez believes that Cam Akers, the Rams will retain Cam Akers in 2013 and possibly be taking 2023 2023 I, I you know what i just don't care about this one as error. I'm reading it yeah i just don't care about it as i'm reading it so I, I started moving on to the next story already um i think that we are good guys i think that we've made it in the news section how do you guys feel we made it y'all feeling yeah, good about feeling good about it final All one right. of the year yeah man fi- well you know the news section is everlasting the news we always do <laughs> we always do the news we always do the news that's true year round all right guys so with that being said Let's get into the nitty-gritty here. 
let's get into it because this this is one of this is probably the most important episode in terms of what we get right and what we get wrong all all season. So we all we knew into that. We we knew that going into this. Uh so you're getting the best of the best here. So with that being said, Matt, why don't you lead us off with your first tear breaker up? Oh, by the way, tear breaker up is a guy who you believe is going to outperform his usual tier. So if he's usually a wide receiver two, he'll be a wide receiver one, et cetera. Well, I'm a gambling man, and I'm ready to plant a flag and get gambly here. And I think Brock Purdy is going to finish as a low end QB one starting hot this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's been okay. So he's had two touchdowns and four consecutive starts. He hasn't thrown below two touchdowns in every single start. He only has two interceptions to those eight touchdowns. Um, he's red hot, 69.4% completion percentage, 17.6 points per game in his last four games as the 49ers leading quarterback. And then now he faces a Raiders defense that have literally thrown in the towel on their season and already concede 18.1 points per game of passing production alone to opposing quarterbacks. And this is my, I threw a little, have a little honorable mention in here as well. And I'm pulling a Tim with the, with the kind of two for one, but it's a bit of a stack as well, because I think Brandon Ayuk is also going to be a high end wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one. That's the very, very spicy, but I certainly think, you know, you're getting top 24 production of him as a lock, in my opinion. He's pleased. He's, uh, just quietly put up a career best season in his first three years, a very young receiver, but is only 24 and is absolutely, you know, dominating as the 49ers leading man on what is a very low volume passing offense. And he's really turned into what his reception perception profile and his phenomenal rookie season kind of thought we could be, at least from a consistency standpoint. He certainly doesn't have that quote unquote league winning upside that, you know, there may be some guy scoring 30 points this week i don't necessarily put Ayuk in that um frame of wide receiver but his consistency of 14 15 points per game against a raiders defense that is 27th in passing yards 27th in points allowed 29.3 fantasy points and they're ranked 10th in true matchup rank to wide receivers i think one of the most important things in finals specifically even though you want to chase ceilings and high ceilings are what have gotten you to this matchup you still need those consistent points and you need everybody to be producing he's in a smash matchup with a quarterback that i'm very high on that is ranked second in true throw value by the way this season Ew. yeah i like it all right uh matt sneaking in the back door no, I like on, it. on that one. I love it. I want some <laughs> more going, going of with it. the two for one on that one. I don't I don't know, man. I I I, I have trouble trusting uh I have trust tru- trouble trusting him because the touchdowns just aren't going his way and it's affecting his fantasy output. So I, I do have trouble. Like if you're in a PPR league, I'm way more apt to to trust him, but I don't know. Brandon Ayuk is not doing it for me. Even though he's playing well in real life, he hasn't been doing it on the on the fantasy field. So it's hard for me to trust him as more than a wide receiver three. I mean, but I hope he turns it up. 14.4 points per game since week five, man. That's that's something that I want in my lineup for the fantasy finals. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're underestimating Brandon Ayuk a little bit. I mean, he's... Everybody always underestimates him. This is the thing. It's one of the craziest anchoring biases for any player. He just is wide receiver two... Every single week, and everybody's just like, ah. Eh. Well, he hasn't and been a wide receiver it. two since week 11. 
He's been well, wide receiver yeah. 36, was, 44, oh, 28, 73, 32. You know, so he's been all right. But he's had some bad games, and I don't know. It's, it 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 seems to coincide with the Purdy, uh, with the Purdy switch, and this is George Kittle is, is just dominating at this point. Like ever since Purdy came in, which I think I feel like George Kittle is definitely the number one off. I mean, it's not like he's a bad play. I'm just saying, um, you gotta hope George Kittle kind of slows down a little bit if you want Brandon Ayuk to. He's been dominating on the real football field, but if you want to dominate in 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 fantasy. Got to get them touchdowns. He needs a little more volume. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Mike, how are you uh, feeling? Who's your first Who's your first tear breaker up? Yeah, my first tear breaker up is Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last week um, against the Arizona Cardinals, these are all basically must-win games for Tampa Bay as well. 20 rushes and 10 targets. Absolutely absurd. 30 opportunities in that game. 60% of the snaps to 36% for Rashad White. The week prior, it was a 58-39 split, so this didn't really come out of nowhere. Um, it kind of went back to it being Leonard Fournette's backfield two weeks ago, and it certainly stayed true in week 16. And I think at Carolina this week, who's a league average and true matchup rank for opposing running backs, but it's a good uh, it's a good game script type game, similar to Arizona, where Brady could you know, just play it safe a little bit and just operate through the running game and the running backs if he needs to. The... Carolina Panthers allow 1.1 rushing touchdowns per game on the season. So, I mean, Leonard Fournette is currently being ranked as a low-end RB2, and that's that's wild to me. I think he's easily a top 15 running back this week, um, and I think people are just thinking back to earlier in the season a little bit too much rather than the current situation in that backfield. Yeah, especially last week. They're giving him the high-leverage situations. You know, that's the big thing. And 30 opportunities in a game is just absurd. Yeah, I know, like, absolutely. And and as the Rashad White truther and whisper, it was obviously not encouraging. The touchdown certainly was, but Lenny is very much playoff Lenny volume share right now. Yeah, and I'm going to be talking about Rashad White a little later, not, not to give anything away. but That's why I didn't want to go too deep. <laughs> no, I mean, but you're right. You're absolutely right. All right, uh, let's get into my first tier breaker up. And I will say both of my tier breaker ups and both of my tier breaker downs are running backs. This week, it's been a it's running back heavy for me. And here we are. Who would have thought that not only is this guy in my tier breaker up, but he's ranked as an RB1 for me this week. Um, and that's Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, if I was if I said six weeks ago that Cam Akers uh, would be a, a RB1 candidate uh, in your championship week, you'd be like, but Tim, he's not on a team right now. That's what you. That's what you'd say to me. Uh, but he's my running back eight this week, and for good reason. Uh, Cam Akers has running been back getting eight. He's my running back eight this week. Yes, you that suck. is very high, Tim. You suck. I suck. I. You want to make a bet? Absolutely. Right, let's yes. make a bet. Let's make a bet. It, what top twelve below running back? Fifteen. Top below fifteen. All right, I'll do twelve with yep. you, and I'll do fifteen with Matt. All right, now I'll explain. To, and now I'll explain to you why <laughs> you guys will lose. Um. Over the last uh, few weeks, he's been going absolutely apeshit. And I think it's important to note that the Chargers get this rap that their run defense has been better as of late. And I'm here to tell you that that is incorrect. It is not. It has been gashed the same exact way that has been being gashed. These guys that they haven't let games go to, like Zach Moss, have still ripped off five yards of carry against them it's not as if they're shutting these guys down it's just that the teams that they've been playing have sucked so their illusion that their running game can is is stopping anyone is an absolute illusion and right now the chargers are playing 
I mean, the Rams are playing, giving this kid the ball. They gave him the ball 23 times last game. The game before, 15 attempts. The game before, the game before, 13. The game before, 18 attempts. This is a volume play that's going to work out because this Los Angeles defense can be run all over. They are the fourth best matchup in true matchup ranking. The thir- th- they give up 34.2 uh, points over average to the rushing running back. On the ground only, they give up 19.7 points. 19.7 points. Cam Akers is going to get the volume. The Rams are playing pretty inspired right now. And this don't let's not forget this is the battle of LA. Right? This is like this is not something that the Rams want to win this game. And they're going to try to win this game and Cam Akers is playing for his football life and he's getting the volume. So I think that you can trust Cam Akers as an RB1 and I'm going to stamp it. Fuck it. I'm here. I'm stamping it. RB RB1 Cam Akers in championship week. Put it on the board. Yes. Boom. Biting some bars that I have written down for somebody later. But yeah, there's a few players on the Rams that are in that situation (laughs) for sure. Playing for their football careers, man. Yeah, man. That's no joke. That's that's a real thing. Facts. That's a real thing, bro. All right, all right. Let's get let's let's yeah. Let's get into it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what you're getting at. So I'm going to be interested to hear. I'm a little confused. All right, Matt. You are um. You are next. You are stock. I mean, your next tier breaker up. Go ahead. My next tier breaker up's in in the same game, actually. Um, but a little illusion. <laughs> Mike Williams. Um, not Keenan Allen, obviously. Keenan Allen's been a dominant wide receiver one since he's returned from injury, and I, I don't think you should have any quarrels about him returning that same value in um in the championship week. But Mike Williams has been kind of under the radar producing like pedestrian outings from Mike Williams perspectives, but really solid fantasy performances now he hasn't had those blow-up games and i think that's why he's kind of been flying under the radar but in his last four games he's drawn the number one shadow coverage because we know keenan plays out from the slot and then plays the y on the other side when it's two wide receiver sets but he's mike williams has drawn number one shadow coverage from Tariq Woolen, xavian howard roger mccreary who is the only member of the titans that is ranked in the top 25 in their secondary on pff and all pro cornerback stefan gilmore from the colts in those games, 16.9 points per game. But no outings above 20 and none below double digits. So just like flying in that middle wide receiver 16-15 territory. And I think that's kind of where Williams has gotten a bad rap in the past is he's never really put up consistent numbers. And now that he is, people are being like, well, he doesn't have the same ceiling. I, I think he does. He always has that same ceiling. He's still pulling a 20% target share. And his last outing, he caught four passes for 74 yards same amount of offensive snaps as keenan allen touchdown came and i why i say it's encouraging is because i don't think that the rams although yes defense looked great against the Broncos, it was the broncos like it was the freaking broncos and yeah that has obviously affected their points over average and their points per game greatly because you know even russell wilson who averages 12 points per game had three and through three interceptions before he had a single completion. So yeah, it's going to affect their overall, but there's still a plus matchup for wide receivers. The Rams are allowing 31.1 points per game with a points over average of 8.2%. And that's ranked 12th in the league. And yeah, again, like we're much worse than that before the previous two weeks. So I'm not worried about Justin Herbert having 
two no-touchdown games back-to-back for the first time in his career. I'm not worried about Mike Williams, you know, seeing obviously a lower target share than Keenan Allen. In fact, I think Keenan getting the majority of the best coverage from Taylor Rapp is going to open up even more for Mike Williams here. All right. I, I like that take. I You know, it's hard to trust Justin Herbert as a fantasy asset, but it's not hard to trust him as the guy who delivers for your fantasy assets. The only the only problem, like like Mike Williams with Keenan Allen. Yeah, I mean, the, the only problem is the touchdowns. It's just that the, the touchdowns are so skewed on this offense to the running back, to Austin Eckler. That's what makes him so great. It's been taking away a little bit from the fantasy production of the other guys uh, this year, that their propensity to run the ball uh, in, in the red zone. All right, uh, Mike, who is your uh, first uh, tier up? My second, second tier, tier up, excuse Tim. Yeah, yeah, this guy, that's error number two. Stop <laughs> counting my errors, you fucking guy. <laughs> uh, my second tier up is A.J. Dillon. Obviously, I'm not a huge A.J. Dillon guy, but situations change and aj dylan has been great i think he's being slept on very similar to leonard Fournette this week big over under in that game um at 48 and a half with green bay and minnesota aj dylan has double digit points in four straight games including three of those with 16 or more in half ppr and aaron jones is clearly banged up he played just 38 percent of snaps in week 16 to dylan's 58 percent which was basically swapped the week prior so and aaron jones has been limited in practice um and Dylan is also getting the majority of the red zone work at this point. The Vikings are not necessarily a defense to avoid for opposing running backs. And it's December. Like, this is what happened with A.J. Dillon last year, too, which is why his um, why his ADP was so inflated this year to, like, the fifth, sixth round. It made no sense that it was that high, but it was because of how he ended the season, and people thought it would be like a Zeke and Pollard situation. And now it's uh, A.J. Dillon has been very solid for four straight weeks, and it's a good spot for him again. And somehow he's ranked currently in ECR as an RB25, yeah, which wild. is very confusing to me. I think he has a good shot of being a top 15 running back this week as well if Aaron Jones continues to uh, play limited snaps. So, yeah, I like A.J. Dillon this week as a tearbreaker up. Michael, you, uh, I would challenge you on that, but I just looked at my rankings, and I have A.J. Dillon as my running back 13. You're going bananas out I'm going today, for it this, this week, week, man. Like, you can't just, like, rest on your laurels this week. You can't do it. These hoes ain't laurels. Uh, yeah, not the, not your best, not your best. All right. Uh, let's get into my, um, uh, my last tear breaker up. And there's another one. Like if, if, if I would had the opportunity to start Cam Akers and Tyler Algier this week, I would be out of my mind excited. Uh, Tyler Algier versus Arizona. I have him as my running back 12 right now. And I'm not Yo, afraid to admit what it either. What is wrong with you? Yo, out of Algier. your mind, excited to start Tyler Algier. 1,000%. RB12 with Cam Akers, RB8. I, I know the RB position is like rough this week, but you're pissing me off. What, why, Michael? Why? Why? Yeah, how, many, how many championships have to be won by guys like Tim Hightower for you to get with the program? How many? Tim Hightower was in a much better spot than Tyler Algier on what, his Desmond Ritter-led offense. What makes it a better spot? All right, here we go. Tyler Algier has Actually, had it. like Algier more than Akers, so if this is the one that's breaking the camel's back. <laughs> I mean, Algier has a 61% rush share in the last two games, and that's coming off a bye. So this offense has shifted towards Algier. He's, they've shifted away from Marcus Mariota. The Falcons run 57% of the time. That's second in the NFL. And in the last two weeks against New Orleans and Baltimore, he has finished as running back 8 and running back 12. 
And he finished as running back 12 against a Baltimore team that is a top 10 team in defensive points over average. This game is going to be competitive. The, the Falcons are not going to be shut out. The Falcons are not going to be shut down by this Arizona offense that is the third best matchup in points over average, 32.5% points over average. They give up 27% to the running back. Last week, Tyler Algier got the vast majority of the work over, uh, over what's his name, uh, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson is basically was not even part of the offense last week. And even if he is part of the offense last week, he was a big part of the offense against against New Orleans. And Algier still rushed 17 times for 139 yards and a touchdown. He's running at he looks the part. Like I wanted to make sure today, like, hey, I want to make sure that I'm correct about this. So I did some Tyler Algier deep diving. And I could tell you right now, watching every single run that he's made, he's not only has he gotten better throughout the year, he's he looks the part of a good running back, and they're gonna give him the ball at least 15 times against a very bad run defense against a team that on the other side that's led by Colt McCoy. Like the 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 Cardinals are not gonna blow out the Falcons, and the Falcons are not gonna blow out the Cardinals. It, usually Tyler Algier on the, Fal- on the Falcons on a Desmond Ritter-led team, if they're playing the Cowboys, okay, then we're talking. If they're playing the, the Jets or the 49ers, okay, now we c- But they're playing Arizona. There's an argument to be made that the Falcons are the better team in that matchup. So I don't know what you're talking about when That's you're like... true. You know, so Tyler Algier. That's Tyler Algier. True. I'd be so excited to, to, to start Tyler Algier and Cam Akers this week if I was... If I was in that position, just saying. If you say so, Michael. You want to you want to bet about Tyler Algier too? Wait, is he top twelve running back? No, top fifteen Let's running give back. Me top fifteen. Go top fifteen. Matt, you 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 like Algier, right? You want some of this action? I actually do like Algier. I like him more than Acres, even. So I so said be top on my side with Acres. I think Algier. Yeah, I think Algier would be top fifteen. This Let's week. go, Matt. Let's go. Give Matt the get, come on, come on. Me and Matt never bet together. I do, honestly. Yeah. Fuck this guy, Michael. Over here, I think I have him at over like here doubting in my rankings, but I haven't even adjusted because of how crazy the injury reports have been this week. All right. With that being said, that is the end of our tear breaker up section. So after we're done with tear breaker up, you know what happens after that? It's tear breaker down. Down, so since down, Michael, down, down, down. Since Michael's over here hating on my picks for tear breaker up, go ahead, go ahead, Grouch. Grinch, Mr. Grinch, stealing <laughs> Christmas. Go ahead, you get you get the first shot. You want the Grinch, Sherry? Look, my first tier breaker down this week is DK Metcalf. Um, I know he's basically matchup proof, but he's also playing against the Jets and Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed this week. This is the team that held Stefan Diggs to 17 total half PPR fantasy points in two matchups. They held Justin Jefferson to 45 receiving yards in one matchup. Jefferson was able to find the end zone in that game against DJ Reed, but still 45 yards is not an easy feat at all against the league's leading receiver and a player who has a shot to literally set the record for most receiving yards in a season. Um, there's no t- there's no Tyler Lockett. There's no Marquise Goodwin in this game, likely, as well. We'll see about Tyler Lockett. You were talking about him earlier, but I don't think that's like... I don't really think Tyler Lockett is really that big of a will make that big of an impact on DK Metcalf this week because he's an outside receiver and that's where Sauce and DJ Reed operate. None uh, either way. So it just like we when you get a when you get a matchup like this, obviously you have DK Metcalf who has been a monster this season and has been 
um, about as trustworthy of a receiver as you can find. I just think ranking him as a top 12 wide receiver, as people are doing right now, is a little crazy against Sauce and Reed. I think they're taking the, um, you know, the matchup, the matchup not seriously enough. And I think a game where he goes like five catches for, you know, like 58 yards or something of that sort, maybe he finds the end zone. You might have to rely on that, but I certainly don't see a huge yardage game coming out of DK Metcalf. You're going to have to rely on a, a big play, and you have to hope that something, uh, one of the one of the best two cornerbacks in the league there in the Jets secondary stumble at some point. Speaking of secondary stumbling, uh, Diggs just dropped an interception to the house as Michael was talking. Just just a just straight up drop. Dude, it. Dak has like maybe one. Ooh, that's a pick six. Wow, he did just drop that. Wow, that's another guy who's wearing at least a hundred thousand dollars on his neck as he's playing tackle football. I mean, if you can, why not? I mean... Oh, those are nice chains, yeah. Yo, look at those diamonds, bro. Holy moly. All right. <laughs> um, let, I'm going to go second here. Uh, no bets on DK Metcalf. No, no, no. I mean, I agree nah. with you. I think every single week we I talk about this, how the consensus is sleeping on the Jet secondary. Everything It always happens, and the guys never reach Agreed. their consensus rank. It's it's like a it's like a theme. It's, it's a running science. It's a running theme. We call that in history class. We call that a um, enduring issue. All right, let's wow. get let's get into my first one. It's David Montgomery. That's right, David Montgomery. And I just want to tell you right now, of the Man. four people I have in the tier tier down and the bench warmer section, I am playing two of them in a dynasty championship. So I am living my nightmare. Uh, so, but but you know, <laughs> but you know that I am I'm bringing you the real deal because I'm t- talking about my own guys uh, doing bad. But anyway, uh, David Montgomery, you know, everyone's gonna point to just what happened last week against the Lions, uh, and and they're gonna say, oh, look at how the Carolina Panthers gashed the Lions, and they did. There's no there's no sugarcoating that. Yeah. But there should Rock. it should be mentioned that even with that performance. The Lions are the 25th matchup rank against running backs uh, this year. Uh, this is not a good matchup for running backs, and it should be noted that that's the case. Uh, too many people are just saying, oh, the Lions' defense overall sucks, and they got gashed last week. Like I said, yes, they did, but that does not mean that they they are bad run defense. Sometimes these things just happen. It was a good scheme against – look, right now the Carolina run – Offense is doing what they want uh, against multiple teams, not just not just the the Lions. So when you're looking at this and you're looking at the Lions and, and trying to make a judgment off their matchup against that team, I think that's a mistake. You should be you should be looking back at the fact that they held Dalvin Cook under 40 yards. They held multiple good fantasy stars under their average, and I think that's what they're going to do again with David Montgomery. Now, David Montgomery's not a sit. He's a tear breaker down, um, and it's also because of what we saw Khalil Herbert do. Uh, Khalil Herbert, he was basically a 60-40 backfield before he got injured, and now it's a 60-40 backfield again. Yeah, um, that was a really bad... Um, return for David Montgomery rosters for the semis and finals, like a little Herbert return. Yeah, I mean, I would probably really like David Montgomery, but you have to remember that. And, and you know, if you're not super in the know on fantasy, and I mean, if you're in the championship, you probably are super in the know, but you might not know that Justin, super in the know. Justin Herbert came back. But Justin Herbert was back, touched the ball nine times. I mean, got nine opportunities last week to 
to Montgomery's 20. Uh, but when you talk about opportunities, yeah, getting the difference between 20 and 25 opportunities is a big one, especially against a good run defense. And you could just imagine that Khalil Herbert's workload is going to get bigger. Uh, in terms of snap count, Khalil Herbert got 41% of the snaps. So if that's his first game back from injury, you got to imagine that there's going to be more snaps for him coming. So I think David Montgomery, while I'm playing him, because it's a good matchup, I mean, not not necessarily a good matchup, but a good matchup to catch the ball. But and also just like he, they're going to need him. They have no they it's volume based like they have no guys that are weapons on the outside. So even if he's splitting carries, even if he has a good run defense, he's going to touch the ball 15 times at the very least. So you have to play the guy. But I would hamper expectations here because I don't think that this is the great matchup that is being sold to you as right now by some people because of last week's performance by the Panthers. I think it's actually a worse matchup than you think. And I think so. So, you know, pump the brakes on some David Montgomery. That's my that's my spiel. Spiels are good. What do you think? Do you, do you agree, David Montgomery? Pumps yeah, pumps, pumps and brakes. All right, Matt, who you up? Who you got? Pump them brakes. I'm going to pump the brakes on the outside receivers of the Arizona Cardinals. So both of them, DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise really? Brown. Really? Huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And let me tell you why. Yeah, tell me why. Buddy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. No, people are excited. It's the Falcons. And, and Colt McCoy's back under center. They're going to, or hopefully, obviously, still limited participant, but trending towards playing back under center trace mcsorley done for the year um not because he's injured but because he's <laughs> one of the worst quarterbacks in the nfl unnecessary mcsorleyness <laughs> yeah uh, maybe a little uh drive-by there drive-by spray to mcsorley he's he's falling apart man and, and you know as good as that song on is uh <laughs> he's just not it i mean for that matter like colt mccoy is not really it either but he's a serviceable yeah. backup the cardinals quarterback woes have drastic effects on really every member of the offense other than james connor because they're just going to keep pounding the rock through him it reduces everybody's ceiling lowers their floor of fantasy production deandre hopkins had one of the worst outings of his career if not quite literally the worst outing of his entire career with Trace McSorley under center. He's always risen above the play of replacement quarterbacks with consistent production, like the definition of quarterback proof. But obviously that wasn't the case in week 16, an unfathomable catchless outing against the Buccaneers, even though he had 10 targets on a team high, 71% snaps, 21.7% target share, wow. zero receptions. And for Marquise Brown too, like Greg Dortch is the guy in short yardage situations. And that's kind of the rub is, is Cliff Kingsbury doesn't really know how to run an offense, but he knows how to allocate targets to the slot two yards away from the line of scrimmage. And it appears that's what Arizona's offense has just turned into. It's, it's as many short yard carries as you can get from James Conner until it's third and two. And then you, you know, throw to Greg Dortch at for three yards. You know, Cliff Kingsbury has to be like one of the biggest frauds of all time, man. The guy couldn't even win with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. And everyone just, I don't understand where this came from. I don't think enough common fans like know about college football. But yeah, like he never had a winning season with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback in college. Arguably a guy who's on the pace to be the best QB of all time. Yeah, but you couldn't blame the offense. That offense put up numbers. He was a he's a he was yeah, a head I coach. Mean, you know what I think it was? It's probably the fact that people didn't know when when he was given the shot. People didn't know about Patrick Mahomes yet, so they were probably like, "Oh, look at this guy and what he did and this offense that he led." When it's really like, "Oh, he yeah. coached Patrick Mahomes." <laughs> Almost like revisionist history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, with that, am I up next? I think I mean, I'm up next. I'm I haven't gone yet. Yeah, no, I'm going next. Haven't uh, you gone already? Oh, wait, I have gone. I'm bugging. Yeah, you have gone. Yeah, well, I mean, no backlash? All right, cool. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I mean, I will say yeah. this. There's a little backlash. I'm actually not with you uh, on the one thing. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have himself a wide receiver one kind of And game. he did have one catch last week. Well, one that's, catch that's for four the tearbreaker down, right? I don't think you should really bench. Oh, yeah, my bad. But th- through like three quarters. Anyway, um, <laughs> you, like I don't think you should bench these guys necessarily, but wide receiver one is a little bold for me. I think Hopkins is more of a wide receiver two, mid-range wide receiver two, and where Hollywood's being ranked as a mid-range wide receiver two, I think he's more of a low-range wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I can get with that. I can get with that, although I will say that I have DeAndre Hopkins ranked as my wide receiver seven, So, but I, I do have Hollywood Brown ranked. I'm lower. Ranked Why? Yeah. I'm with you on the Hollywood Brown. I just think that... You You're know, pissing me off. Atlanta is the second best matchup. I think you guys are sleeping a little bit on the on, on That's the why it's here. the tearbreaker down, because, well, that's why they're... No, nah, so, yeah, I mean, I... Ranked. I'm with you. Colt McCoy's are way overranked, man. Colt McCoy's return is nice in the same pool because both of them are way overranked. Look, I'm not, I'm not stitching it in stone, but I will say I think I'm with you on on Hollywood. But we've seen DeAndre Hopkins produce with Colt McCoy. This is a different. This is a little bit of a different offense with Colt McCoy than it is with Trace McSorley. So uh, that's how I have to say about that. Uh, Michael, do you go? Did you go first? Yeah, you went first. Go ahead. You got number two. My second tier breaker down here is. Mark Andrews. I don't typically go to the tight end position with this one because it's the tight end position and it's tough to uh, choose players to tear down or tear up because it's such a large tier one and then a crazy trash tier two. But dude, Mark Andrews is a bench candidate this week, if we're being honest. He has not totaled double digit fantasy points since week six. He has not topped four receptions since week 11. He has not topped 63 receiving yards since week six. He also scored his last touchdown in that week. He still has Tyler Huntley, a quarterback who's been absolutely atrocious. The Steelers are 23rd against the tight end in true matchup rank. There's a 35 and a half over under in this game. Mark Andrews is anything but a locked in starter this week. And I think people are just like, it's still okay. Mark Andrews, put him in your lineup. Dude, I would rather start Dawson Knox over him this week. I'd consider Jawan Johnson over him this week. What? What's the point of starting Mark Andrews? What's the point in a game with a 35-and-a-half over-under against the Steelers with Tyler Huntley at quarterback? I mean, it's, it sounds wild, but like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just don't see the point I'm in, a dynasty in starting champ- Mark Andrews. I'm in a dynasty championship, and I am currently sitting Mark Andrews. I'm currently sitting Mark Andrews for Evan Ingram. I would do that in remember a second. Ex- I don't even think remember it's... Remember how excited you were at one point when you traded me Trey Lance and TJ Hawkinson for Tom Brady and Mark Andrews? How do you feel about that trade now, Tom Sam? Brady, That's Zach... why they call me the Dynasty Dawn. Tom, Tom Brady, Zach Wilson, and Mark Andrews, and I feel great about that trade. Oh, yeah, I mean... I was just telling about Michael about how I won that trade. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, Trey Lance just got hurt again... again. And TJ Hawkinson, all right, so one fine. But we're not talking super flex here. When TJ, when Mark Andrews is going to be a, would a you start tight end one again next Mark year? Mark Andrews in the in the in the fantasy championship. Yes, I would. This uh, this Lamar week, was this there. Is, this is a, yeah. This is I'm a blaming Tyler season. Huntley. Yeah. With this 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 trade is far from over, that. sir. I agree with Mike. This trade is far from Mike. over, sir. All right. Uh, this trade is far from over. All right. No, and once once Tom is retired and Zach Wilson's out of the league and Trey Lance is a top five quarterback, it'll look. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Because uh, Kirk Zach Cousins Wilson is gonna, about to lead me to a championship, so 
Uh, I don't do. care about the Twitter quarterback position. All right. <laughs> all right. I don't care. I don't care. I don't anymore. care. All right. Anyway, now, I'm gonna, now I'm going to shit on your boy. All right, Matt. Travis Etienne. <laughs> Travis Etienne is it's my. Like, it's like we like plan that scuttle, that <laughs> scuffle or something. Nope. Travis Etienne is my is my stock down because you know look, it's a great matchup. The Texans are a great matchup, but simply put, this game does not matter. Uh, no matter what happens this week. The Texans and the Jaguars are playing for the division next week. Yep. So the Titans, as you can see, you're, if, we're currently watching a game where there's like seven Titans that aren't playing. And they're actually putting together an all right game. They did this a, a couple of years ago as well where they sat Derrick Henry with a couple games left to go uh, in the year. And he went on a massive tear in the playoffs that year. And they almost won a game with all their backups in, in, in that week. So that team was better than this team. That team was a little better than this team. I mean, they, Way they, better. You know what it is? The Titans. You know, I don't. I don't know. They. they They're highly they were, mediocre. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. What's what it is with the Titans is the AFC South sucks. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. yeah okay, fine. I, I'm trying to give the Titans fans a little hope, but I guess not. Um, but anyway, no, they have no shot of doing anything in the playoffs. The only reason why he's not my bench warmer, Travis Etienne, instead of my instead of my. Uh, tear down is because like he can have a great day on five carries against the texans that's not a that's not out of the question so if he gets some work he could be great even if he has some work but you know it's hard to bank in a guy who's not going to get any volume especially because he has not been great even when he has had the volume the last time travis Etienne finished as a wide receiver i mean rb1 was in week nine uh since then he's only He's only finished as an RB2 twice. Now, those are in the last two games that he's played, but he completely shit your bed for three weeks in a row between week 12 and week 14. Shit your bed, huh? Huh? You said he's going to completely hilarious. shit your bed. Shit your bed. <laughs> Not shit the bed. Shit your bed. That's right. He's going to shit on your bed, he man. He came to your home, and he took a big fat shit on your bed. All right? Yo, what would you do if you walked in your house and Travis Etienne was currently Travis shitting Etienne. on your bed? I mean, I like, yo, can you like, sign that shit? Yo, I... <laughs> Yeah, like I'd, I'd probably be not. I take too my mad. phone out. I take my phone out right away and be like, "Yo, Travis Etienne is shitting in my bed right now." Yo, yo. <laughs> um, but he's shitting in beds for show. And in this week, I think he's gonna shit some more beds because the Texans look. They the Jaguars are like, yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna play these Texans with all our heart and all our might. And yeah, I don't believe you. I Dak don't believe you. Dak just got you. picked again. Oh, and it might be gracious. Sick. Dak got picked, and it might be six. No, it's not six, though. Um, so, yeah, I don't believe you. Kevin Byers playing. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, anyway, where was I? Yeah, I don't believe you, uh, Josh, uh, jo- uh, Mr. Peterson. I don't I don't believe any of you. I don't believe you, Mr. Lawrence. I don't believe you, Mr. Etienne. I don't believe anyone that says they're going to play the whole game. So, yeah, I, I'm also going to talk a little bit more about this later in the program. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So let me stop that right there. Real ha- quick, the thing yeah. we brought up earlier about Stefan Diggs cooking for himself and the illness and stuff, he actually commented. It was Warren Sharp who tweeted the, the, the food thing, and he actually replied, Stefan Diggs. He said, LOL, this was funny, but I ain't cooked last night. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, no, 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 Matt, wait, who's next? I already I gave you my two. So Matt's neck. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, it's my second one, <coughs> and it's it's Josh Jacobs as a tear breaker down. Um, I agree. I was RB1, I was going to use this RB one territory is in. is a little concerning for me with Josh Jacobs, and I know it's not even been RB one. It's been you know top three territory with Josh almost every single week. But I'm going to be frank and say that like I don't want to start 
anybody in a black and silver jersey this week. Literally facts. not anyone. Yeah, this no sucks. One. Big facts. Yeah, that Raiders offense, that franchise, not the offense, that franchise has willingly laid down and admitted they don't want to win games anymore. It's like, wild. That, that's one of the craziest things. Like, can they Dude, not they're... be fined for willingly taking? They're starting Jared Stidham over the quarterback that they just paid a ridiculous amount of money who is healthy but throwing too many interceptions. Jared Stidham has 60 career pass attempts. He's never once started an NFL game. This is a Sam Ellinger 2.0 in Las Vegas with a worse offensive line. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a slaughter this week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Raiders aren't even mathematically out of the playoffs. Oh, that, that's what I mean. That, exactly. Like, can they not get fined for this? This is ridiculous. Like, they could theoretically win their last two games and have everything go right and be playing and, wild, and be a wild weekend. Card team. Yep. Wait, that's why it's just even more wild that they made this type of decision. Like, especially because they mind boggling. Especially because they don't. Yeah, they don't have a position for a good. It seems as though they're. I mean, it could be a personal situation with Derek Carr. Maybe he's just like. And you got to think, if they're getting rid of Derek Carr, Mike, Devontae Adams is going just for David Carr. So what's going to happen with him? If I was the Jets, I'd be like, yo, listen. Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, and a second-round pick, and give us your problems. Give us Carr, give us Adams. Give us your problems. That's not, like, the worst trade, actually, ever. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like... it's not the best one, either. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know... Give us your well, problems. No, we'll give you some young talent. Do what you got to do. It's not just all the narratives that surround that franchise right now. And, and obviously they are genuinely concerning. And, and you can take narrative into analysis when they're this obvious and, and this blatantly absurd. But it's also the fact that the Raiders face off against the 49ers who are far and away the league's best rushing defense and absolutely the worst matchup for fantasy running backs. They allow 75 rushing yards per game. Not to opposing running backs, 75 total rushing yards combined to the entire offense that they're facing. That's five fewer yards than the team in second and 14 fewer yards than the team in third place. They concede 15 points per game to running backs with a negative POA or points over average of minus 30.4%. Obviously ranked dead last. They're also dead last in rushing production alone at 8.8 points per game with a negative points over average of minus 37.2%. And the reason that I bring up the rushing production specifically is if you're projecting check down city for Josh Jacobs with Jared Stidham under center, it doesn't get much better because the 49ers are also 25th in a negative points over average of 9.7% to receiving production. Like, if this is as bad of a matchup as you could possibly draw up, arguably a bottom 50 quarterback in the NFL and a bottom 50 offense. The only concern I have is that Josh Jacobs is a free agent after this year, so the Raiders have no reason really to sit him. There's a narrative that goes that they lean on him more because if they're actually trying to develop their actual talent, like they say, like they say that this is to check out Jared Stidham for the future. Like that's what they say. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like Jared Stidham. I mean, I agree. I think that's stupid. I think that they're, they're, I, I mean, I'm going to be very, we're curious. in America. So we watch politicians lie every day, all day, every day. This, and this looks exactly like that. I'm be very curious to see if Samir White is active. He's been inactive. If he's active, I would assume Josh Jacobs' role is going to be less. 
We get, we get keep an eye on that. Yeah, and like I mean, I honestly that's what I that's, that's great, what I mean. It's like I genuinely think that they could get fined for this because I don't know what you're checking out with a 26 year old quarterback that's and everyone knows is really bad already. It's a terrible yeah, matchup. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't I'm, get it. I'm gonna talk about that matchup a little it. more too uh, later. Uh, again, uh, a little a little uh, a little late. Uh, so Matt, let's start with you in the next category. The next category is the matchup of the week. The game that we are targeting uh, for a reason of our own. I want to talk to you about this one because um, you got the first pick and you got the it. best game of the week for show. I stole it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's definitely uh, why I wanted to get my mine in early. And I was up early this morning anyway. But, yeah, it, it's it's the Bengals versus the Bills on Monday Night Primetime. What could genuinely be an AFC championship preview matchup of, you know, two teams that are still playing for important playoff positions. Um, and I mean, you don't have to go too deep into the analysis of it. It's two defenses that concede a lot of passing yards, um, but are pretty decent against the run. You know, obviously in the Bengals, you have your Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins stack. We talked about Hayden Hurst returning. I'm not overly interested in him, but obviously Joe Mixon as a, as a must start. He's regressed back to his league leading opportunity share, um, which is really what's the only thing that's been upholding his value in his production. Um, and I, th- I think he has given a- smudging. Sorry, I think he has a huge game this week. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because when they were giving Samaji P. Ryan a little bit of a run, you obviously saw Mixon's uh, floor and ceiling drop because he's such a volume-dependent player. But now the last two games, 80% opportunity share again. So, you know, since the, I guess it's three or four since he's returned from the concussion now, obviously that opportunity share was, you know, just a product of him getting back into game form so to speak and then yeah stefan diggs josh allen stack I, I think those are legitimately those guys have the opportunity to be the qb1 and wide receiver one overall this week in a week winning matchup um i'm really into what the bills are doing with devin singletary and james cook where when they get into garbage time they're finally feeding these dudes a ridiculous amount of touches which was something very interesting about the bills it's a one game sample so i'm not saying it's going to continue but the bills are the lowest um, volume rushing team when they lead in the NFL. So even when they're leading, they'll just pass continuously. It's a yeah. I mean, it's a so great that's ma- good thing for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's a great matchup. It's a fantastic matchup. Can't wait to watch that in real life either. That's uh, that's going to decide probably the number one seed in the in the AFC. Uh, I mean, absolutely. If the Bills win, they'll be the number one seed. That's the thing. And, and yeah, and funny enough is like the as bad as the Ravens are, they are still not mathematically eliminated from winning the uh, AFC North. Right? I mean, I don't think the Bengals have a real shot at it, but it's going to, it's going to decide it. If the, if the bills lose this game, which they well, the, could, the Bengals need to win this Chiefs. to stay, you know, the division leaders, I right. guess, home field advantage and all that goodness. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, important game, Michael, well, who's your match of the week? My match of the week. I went more of a, uh, like, I think it's going to be a good fantasy matchup. But I also think it's going to be a great game to watch. And I hated matchups this week, honestly. After you chose, to, went, chose the uh, the first two matchups, I went with the Minnesota Vikings and Green Bay Packers. It's a high over under 48.5. And, and this is a huge game um, for the Green Bay Packers. They basically need to win in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. And the Vikings, they're, it, it's, the win is not as important for them. But they have a chance at getting the number one seed still, you know, if the Eagles start losing. So over the last two weeks so i think it's going to be a, a very fun game to watch it's always fun when these two uh teams play against each other because it is a divisional matchup as well um kirk cousins has been great this year justin jefferson 
should be hyper-targeted again, as he always is, honestly, at this point. Um, he has a chance to break the all-time receiving record, so that's something to keep an eye on. TJ Hawkinson just had a monster game, and he, uh, he, it was crazy to see that TJ Hawkinson, um, when he caught that, that touchdown, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Wow, it was, it was completely blank. It was crazy to see that TJ Hawkinson, after he scored the touchdown, was that his? Take, yeah, it, it doesn't deep, have to do with touchdowns. Sorry, take he scored breath. two touchdowns. I was gonna say it was crazy to see that he had 16 targets yeah, there you go. against the Giants, um, and 13 receptions, 109 yards. Obviously, that's an outlier game. You can't expect TJ Hawkinson to get 16 targets per game, but he's clearly the he's clearly better than Adam Thielen at this point in this offense. But that's just this game. I'm saying TJ Hawkinson is great. Justin Jefferson, um, Dalvin Cook had a down game against the Giants, and has had more down games than you like this season, but. He's in a good spot here against Green Bay. And then on the Green Bay side, whoever's the healthy wide receivers this week, the Minnesota Vikings are an absolutely tremendous matchup for opposing wide receivers. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones is, we'll see how much he plays, but A.J. Dillon has been good. Aaron Jones has been good when healthy. Aaron Rodgers is whatever, you know, fantasy-wise this year, but he's been getting better as the year went on. Just this game should be a lot of fun. There's a possibility for... Some very big fantasy performances. So the Vikings and Packers, my matchup of the week in Green Bay, which is always a a nice spot to watch some football as well with the Cheeseheads. The Cheeseheads, yes. Uh, I, I think I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I think the most as a Jets fan, I want Aaron Rodgers in the Jets next year, man. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping that the the Packers do not make the playoffs. I wonder if that's a actual possibility. They, there's been rumors. There's been rumors that if the Packers the Packers might move on from Aaron Rodgers. I think the Jets would be a perfect fit. Hey, Aaron, come on. Come on. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time we recycled an old Green Bay Hall of Famer. Um, all right. True. My matchup was the Jets at the Seahawks, but that's just my fandom because I want to see Mike White. I want to see what he does. I want to see if he elevates the yeah. games of these guys around them. Yep. This is not my real game, though. I, I picked a different game. I changed it up on you guys. Sorry. Um, but, the, I mean, I want to see Mike White. I want to see the effect he has on these guys. I want to see the, the Jets are not playing around either. They're making a commitment to Mike White. Zach Wilson is inactive for this game. So they are handing the keys over to Mike White. He is healthy. He's playing. Um I'm going to talk about him a little bit later in the program. Again, another uh, tease. But um, the Seahawks, you know, they this part of the matchup is just doesn't excite me because there's no Tyler Lockett. I'm not really – Geno's been playing way less Geno-ish, uh, way more Geno-ish, depending on how you look at yeah. it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with the Bears at the Lions because this, ha- this one has fantasy value written all over it. I already talked about the running back situation. Um Justin Fields, on the other hand, is one of the reasons why I'm not too excited about the running back situation because I think Justin Fields has the upper hand on getting a touchdown in this game. Um, We've seen Justin Fields already spank up the Lions uh, this year, so it would not be something that's uh, different. And the the Lions' pass defense has been uh, awful. I mean, that doesn't really, you know, for Justin Fields, it doesn't really matter uh, what the pass defense has has looked like <laughs> at all uh but against the running quarterback the lions are the best matchup in points over average they allow 368 percent over average to the running back it's always there's always big numbers on that because quarterbacks don't run as much yeah um but they're allowing seven points a game to the rushing running back dude uh, they're allowing that that's a game quarterback a quarterback excuse me a game 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the last time Justin Fields played them. And Justin Fields played them again here. So I'm excited about that. And on the Lions side, I'm going to talk about DJ Chark as an honorable mention in one of my... Uh, in one of my things later, I like DJ Chark in this game. I love Amon Ross St. Brown in this game. Uh, he's my wide receiver five on the week this week. Uh, I like myself some Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff broke his streak of not scoring on the road last week. He was a top six quarterback. I think he's going to be another great play this week. Um, I even like DeAndre Swift. I know Michael's about to say bad things about DeAndre Swift, uh, but I'm going to probably bet against him on that one. I like DeAndre Swift. I think that... Um, I mean, even if Jamal Williams plays in this game and he's not, you know, it's not 100%, but if he plays in this game, there's a pretty good chance he scores a touchdown. Uh, I just think there's a lot of fantasy options here. And and look, you can't really, what's the name? Uh, damn, what's the name of the tight end that scored three touchdowns last week? Z- uh, Shane Zilstra. Zilstra, yeah. excuse me. Uh, so Shane Zilstra, you, I mean, you can't really play him, but you can't take him out of the equation either because the tight end position sucks so bad. The, the, they're, they're playing a vulnerable defense, and the guy scored three touchdowns, and TJ Hawkinson is no longer there. So there has to be someone, right? TJ Hawkinson was a was a decent player when he was in the Lions. It was not like he wasn't a good player. He was the tight end four last year. So that's a role that needs to be filled. So if you're in like a dynasty league and you have a tight end situation that really sucks. Hawks the next, Kelsey. I, okay. Whatever you, whatever you are fine <laughs> if that's how you feel. Uh, but, you know, for now, for this week... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zilstra is someone that if I'm in a like a crazy deep league, I'm not even throwing a dart at. So I think that the Bears at the Lions are is a a fantasy smorgasbord, a fantasy smorgasbord. Um, all right, let's get into the last one, Matt. You can start us off with your first Grand Slam smash of the week. My first Grand Slam smash of the week is the guy that I'm planting the flag as the RB1 overall. Uh, even though it might be a game script where the starters get sat early, I'm still going out there and saying that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the number one running back in fantasy this week and put up league-winning numbers. Uh, he's playing at peak form, mirroring the memories of his otherworldly scoring outputs that we saw from his early days with the Panthers in that little MVP run. He's recorded six RB1 performances since joining the 49ers with three consecutive outings in the top five scorers at the position. And then last week, you know, a little fall off, fall from grace with just 14.8. But he's shouldered 15 rushing attempts for 46 yards, one touchdown, two receptions, 12 yards, two targets. Obviously a weird game script for McCaffrey to see such low target volume because he is pulling a league-leading 21.7% target share while maintaining incredible efficiency as well. Um, averaging 20.5 PPR points per game, that's RB2 on the season. But he's up those numbers in all of his games with 49ers, averaging 22.8 points per game since joining the team. And the Raiders aren't only the top matchup for opposing quarterbacks, which is why I was so high on Brock Purdy. But one of the reasons that Brock Purdy's target shares or true throw value rather is through the roof is because of what Christian McCaffrey does with his target share. And the Raiders allow 15.6 points per game of rushing production. That's 21.3 percent. Uh, points over average but 11 points per game alone of receiving production which is 55.3 percent over the expected average to opposing running backs i honestly believe that you know even on 17 touches or or 15 touches that christian mccaffrey could be the number one running back in fantasy this week i'm all on that with you i'm all on that with you for sure um my first grand slam smash of the week is a combo 
Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Now, I'm just going to go narrative-based because if I go back and tell you Agreed. what the stats are for... I mean, you know who Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are if you're, if you're listening to this. You know what they bring. Stephon Diggs has been horrible, to say the least, the past two games. And this is not the most scientific way to say this, but he's due. And this is a big game for the Bills. They're going to be playing a Cincinnati defense that's vulnerable. And they're going to have to put up points against a Cincinnati offense that's dangerous. And when you're playing in this high profile of a matchup, you need your high profile players to be as such. I love Jamar Chase in this game. And I love Stefan Diggs in this game. And I even like Gabe Davis in this game. Like, the, I, I shit on Gabe Davis a lot, and he's a boom or bust player, but he's a boom or bust player because boom is in the category, and I think he has an opportunity to boom in this game, and I think I, 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 like, the, aye, aye, aye. I like the Bills offense in this game, uh, and I like the... I think this is just going to be a lot. This is one of those games. It's just going to be a lot of points to be had because there's going to be a lot of points in the game. Matt mentioned what the over under was uh, in Vegas, high over under, and I think it's going to go over. Like if I, I'll probably bet the over on that game. I think it's going to be back and forth. This might be one of those games that starts off a first, you know, a first quarter that's like, you know, three nothing because of the the bigness of the game, and then ends up being like thirty six to thirty three. And I think that's going to be the kind of game that we're going to watch this week. I think it's going to be fun, and I think a lot of fantasy points are going to be scored. And Josh Allen is going to need to get the ball to Stephon Diggs at least 10 times in this game, at least 10 targets for Stephon Diggs in this game. Get right game. Yeah, this is this is the game where he reminds everyone who Stephon Diggs is. As his brother gets cooked on a route by Traylon Burks. Yep. All right, Mike, who's your first? My first uh, Grand Slam smash of the week is Saquon Barkley. The Colts have given up, it seems. The Nick Foles experiment was a complete disaster. That shit was just difficult to watch. Like, Nick Foles is clearly not an NFL quarterback anymore at this point. The Colts are 7th in true matchup rank, um, top 10 in both receiving and rushing, which Saquon Barkley does both. So, no issues there. Um, And they're more difficult on the pass catchers. This is a game where the Giants will likely have their um, probably the biggest um spread of the year for them in this one and against a Colts team that's basically given up and even though he's had some down games recently his last two weeks he's gotten back on track against Washington he went 18 for 87 and 5 for 33 through the air with a touchdown and then against Minnesota 14 for 84 10 targets 8 for 49 through the air and a rushing touchdown like they they decided they were going to run the offense through Saquon Barkley again and the Colts are about as best as good of a matchup as you could get for opposing running backs, um, especially now in this situation with their season over. Um, and Nick Foles, if Nick Foles is named a starter again, like they should get fined for a tanking too. That was one of the most pathetic <laughs> quarterback performances I've ever seen in my life on that Monday night. I game, didn't but. think he was going to be that bad. Like this guy didn't win a Super Bowl that long ago. <laughs> Just it's it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It was atrocious. Yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah, so. Yeah, if that's the case, Saquon Barkley could get like 20-plus rush attempts, and um, I like him this week to just be a huge, huge asset for anyone who has him on their roster championship week. A little pat on the back for Michael. This show as a whole was way down on Michael Pittman uh, versus consensus, Um, and Michael in particular was very out on Michael Pittman, and... That ended up being the true story. And the reason is because of exactly what happened. is because his quarterback play is going to be poor. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into 
My nope. f- do I do I go now? Yeah. My first. <laughs> Matt um, said nope. We we thought you were about to jump to the. I thought you were going to no, jump yeah, to the he's next. Right. No, Matt goes. Yeah, that's what I, that's. I mean, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. T Higgins. We're on the final episode T. of the season, the championship episode. I had to pull out the hat hanger and the plague flanter and say that T the Higgins plague is flanter. The top. The plague panther. You said plague flag flag panther. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, was, I almost put Juju was in my tear up for this exact reason too, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 T Higgins for sure. I would have had CD Lamb involved if, if he wasn't playing right now. Fella, yeah, I, I did have. I I had CD uh, earlier too, but then forgot about the Thursday game. Well, yeah. you guys, I guess you caught a but, break because he's not doing much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so far, relax. It's so only far. F- it's only yeah, exactly. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but you know who is doing a lot and and a lot with with every game really, and and I think it's kind of being overshadowed by the guy next to him, which is acceptable. But T. Higgins is a dominant mammoth of a human, and he with no issues. Like he's got no issues coinciding alongside another prototypical alpha receiver. He led the Bengals with 128 receiving yards and one touchdown last week. Matched Jamar Chase with a team-high eight receptions. Played 73 snaps. That's 88%. Nine targets. That was only 17.3%. But he can do a lot with a little. And yes, they face off against the Bills, who do have Tredavious White back in the lineup. But that just means we get to watch a one-on-one battle between White and Jamar Chase, really. I mean, Higgins is going to get to feast on secondary defenders of a defense that allows 31.6 points per game to opposing wideouts. That's ranked sixth in true matchup rank with a points over average of 14.2%. Higgins is averaging 14.6 per game on the season, but that also includes those three games where he played under 25% of the routes or where he ran 25% under 25% of the routes. Rather, if you remove those three games, he's averaging 17.9 points per game, which would be wide receiver five on the season. Yummy. Yum, 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 scrumptious. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm a little bit of a Monday episode vibe where I'm saying saw that coming, but, like, I told you guys, I told everybody, a healthy T. Higgins is a top 12 wide receiver in points per game. Lock it in. And he is. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Served up on a T. This is the opposite of a, <laughs> of a hat that hanger. Good, actually. I'm going with James Conner. As my Grand Slam smash at Atlanta, like I said, I love the running backs in this game because both these teams are going to run the ball into the uh, the ground. They're just going to keep running. And uh, James Conner, th- it should be a competitive game, and he's going to be involved. Uh, the last time, I mean, James Conner has combined for at least 90% of snaps, 90% of carries, and 10% of the targets in every week except since week nine except one. That is... That's combined yeah, at the same time. And those are low estimates. Like these numbers reach 18% target share and 97% snap count. Like th- these are like he's he's the main focus of this offense. And right now you could tell because there is really nothing else in the offense. And the Falcons are a very exploitable matchup, as you might imagine. Uh, they are the ninth overall uh, matchup for running back on the ground. They're the seventh best matchup. They give up about 25% more points over average than than everyone else and James Conner is in a smash spot here um again this is going to be a game where it's not going to be they're not going to be like playing their backups because they're beating the Falcons by a lot like this game is going to be a very competitive game between two teams that are very evenly matched so I think that James Conner matched in scrubness yeah exactly but that doesn't mean that they're not matched you know they're matched in scrubness 
and scrubitude, but they're gonna they're gonna win. Uh, one of them's gonna win. I mean, and and someone's gonna run the ball, and that's and those guys are gonna do well. So James Conner at Atlanta is my uh, Grand Slam smash number two. Michael, who's your Grand Slam smash number two? Insert Green Bay wide receiver one here. Whether Christian <laughs> Watson plays or not, um, if he plays, Christian Watson. If not, Alan Lazard, who um, everyone will probably be on Romeo Dubs, but he's not playing nearly as many snaps or seeing as many targets as Alan Lazard over the last two weeks um, combined. So the Vikings are fifth in true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers. They continue to get torched through the air no matter who the QB is. I discussed this game as the matchup um, as a, as the matchup of the week. 48.5 Vegas over under. Um, the, I can't think of a more Vikings game than if they were to get washed by the Packers this week. Like, I think that would be just like typical Vikings if something like that happened. Um, but they also have a shot to, you know, just stamp their stamp themselves as, you know, we're real this year with the Minnesota Vikings and we're not just going to we're not going to get worked by the Green Bay Packers anymore. So I think it's a big game for both sides here. Um, and there's going to be Aaron Rodgers is going to need to have a, a successful day through the air. And that all starts with the, the wide receiver position. So whoever the wide receiver one is this week, I think is in for a very big week. Uh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, uh, I I, I, I want to argue with you. And both, if they both play, <laughs> like, yeah, if they both play, even Alan Lazard, I think has a wide receiver three appeal if Christian Watson were to play. But I, I'm going to rank 100%. him easily as a wide receiver two, um, if Christian Watson is ruled out. <sighs> My team that is RIP'd would like to have that play, but they can't. Um, I wonder how many people are listening to this. Like, yeah, I know that guy's on my team. I would, I would, but that team no longer is. It matters. All right, let's get into the bench warmers of the week, guys that we are benching if we can. Um, I'm going to start this one. I haven't started yet. My first bench warmer of the week is Raheem Mostert at New England. I'm going to say this very simply. New England takes away your number one weapon, and I know that the number one weapon is Tyreek Hill. I know that. But Tyreek Hill absolutely scorched uh, New England last time they played. So I think what they're going to do is it's going to be more of a situation where they're going to try and take out the running game and they're going to make Teddy Bridgewater try and beat them. And if that happens, then Raheem Mostert's in a world of hurt. Now, even if he's not, if that doesn't happen. The Patriots are the second worst matchup for running backs. Uh, they are the third worst matchup for running backs on the ground. Uh, they have Jeff Wilson getting 60% of the snaps and 52% of the rushes last week. They basically, he only had one, Raheem Wilson only had one more target than Jeff Wilson. Uh, this came out of nowhere uh, again. And I just, not something that I have any interest in uh, at all playing this game in my championship week. It's not worth it. Not against this matchup. Now, could he explode and you could be regretting it? Sure, he can. Um, but he could also at completely shit the bet on your team. He hasn't been good in, in in a while, so it's not as if you're giving up these this great game these great games by Raheem Mostert. I'm just taking a shot elsewhere, uh, and like I'd rather take a shot on one of these dark horses that I'm about to tell you that we're all six of the guys that we are listening as sleepers. I'd probably want to play over Raheem Mostert, and 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 maybe 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 five of them. My my deep sleeper is a really deep sleeper, um, but yeah, I, I mean Raheem Mostert just not not on not it this week. So I, I, he's my first sit. Um, Matt, who's your first sit? 
My first sit is Michael Pittman. <laughs> a little throwback to this show kind of being a little lower on Michael. And, and I'm the one that's higher than this show's consensus, even though we were all kind of felt he was getting overdrafted this season. Look, yeah, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, quarterback carousel in the Colts franchise continues. It doesn't matter who it is. It's not going to be a good option. He had a team-high seven targets. Played 100% of the snaps, had a 100% route participation, 52 snaps, 52 routes, three, you already caught four, sorry, for 39 yards, four for 39. Like that's what Michael Pittman's ceiling is right now. And now the Giants are kind of a middle of the pack defense and true matchup rank against wide receivers, but just barely. They rank 15th overall, concede 29.6 combined points per game to the position with a menial points over average of just 4.9%. I mean, Nick Foles, his best days are obviously behind him. Matt Ryan's best days have been behind him since before that Super Bowl choke. And the Giants, on the other hand, are hungry. And you were kind of alluding to it as well. Like, they're hungry for a wild card spot. I think Saquon could eat this defense alive. And I honestly think we're going to see a dominant defensive showing as well against what is a very much a hapless Colts offense and a hapless Colts offensive line that just does not carry the same intimidation and recognition as they used to in, you know, Quentin Nelson's heyday. I could just see it. The Giants controlling the clock with Daniel Jones's legs, with Saquon Barkley's legs, not being much opportunity for passing volume or very many offensive possessions for that matter for the Colts and the ones that they do have. And if the passing volume does open up, I kind of see a turnover happy game. And and the Giants is a defense special team that you should probably be streaming in your final week. Bang, bang. Matt, another another persuasive argument by you. I want to argue. I want to argue with you guys. Stop making good points, uh, Michael. Who, <laughs> who are you sitting? My first sit is DeAndre Swift. Uh, well, bench yeah, bench warmer of the week is DeAndre. All right, Swift. here's Ooh. here's one, dude. DeAndre Swift still being ranked as an RB two. I don't understand what what you people. I have him want ranked as an RB two. Yeah, because you suck at fantasy football. Hey, yo, look, DeAndre says, Swift. I don't even want. You know what, Michael? <laughs> he had let, me, one let me ask you a question. How did the, how did how did the team that how did the team that you were uh, rooting for do uh, in the Monday episode? How did that team do? Oh, the the home league where yeah, I'm yeah. cursed. The yeah, curse lives on. Yeah, are you are you the curse lives on? <laughs> are you are you eliminated from the playoffs yet? I again? need to go to like a oh okay a voodoo witch doctor and like <laughs> rid myself of the home league curse. It's honestly crazy. This kid is finished with a bye week the last three years and has. Lost in the semis the last three years, and it, and the the streak That's goes rough. way beyond. You're a sports well. psychologist, Mike. Yeah, yeah. We, this is going to be the 21st league of the year coming year of the league coming up. And uh, well, I haven't been playing 21 years. Uh, I've been well, in it like what 10? Oh, okay, only 10 or so. Yeah, whatever, man. Shut up. This is about DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Look, DeAndre Swift had that random high volume big game against Jacksonville, but otherwise he's put up three, ten. 5.4, 8 8.3, 10.7, 7.7, 6.5. In half 11.8, 6.1. In half PPR. So what are we doing here? In his best matchups of the year, Minnesota, um, in terms of matchup rank, he put up 5.4 against Chicago last time he played in a 31-30 win where it was tight and they needed production. He ran six times for six yards and caught one catch for six yards. He also happened to find the end zone, which salvaged his day. 7.7 fantasy points, 6.5 against Green Bay in Week 9, 6.1 against Minnesota, and these were the light matchups that he's played this year, like the best matchups that he could possibly have. And that's the argument for DeAndre Swift this week. He has the best matchup against the Bears. Sure, but who cares if he's not going to play? I don't understand how someone, if you made it this far with DeAndre Swift, 
could still confidently play him this week unless you have nobody at running back. Playing the Bears. I just I just said I just spoke about that. The answer but that's the answer. Yeah, and that's why he's ranked so high and that's why people are dumb. <laughs> well, I count me as dumb because I think he'll play well against the the Lions. You mentioned some I, lines. I'll bet you he's not a top twenty four running back. You mentioned some uh, you mentioned some lines. If in he's there. not gonna be a top twenty four running back, why aren't you playing him? I mean, why would you play him? Because there's flex spots. If you're an would RB you, twenty, you Jamal Williams over over DeAndre Swift. No, I wouldn't play Jamal Williams at this point either. I wouldn't play. If I had to, I'd play Jamal Williams over I'm DeAndre just Swift. To gauge yes. the line. Yeah. Right. So you. So who are you? I playing? would play Jamal Williams over DeAndre Swift though. I think he has a better chance of finding the end zone. Mm. Okay. Against Chicago. Well, that's interesting. I'll bet you DeAndre. He's been Swift. a way better play than DeAndre Swift all season. I'll bet you DeAndre Swift versus Jamal Williams. See, like you're taking the easy DeAndre way out. DeAndre Swift or Rashad White. DeAndre. Rashad White. What what do you think, Matt? Yeah, no, I think Swift there. Uh, you know, I I think Swift is a good play this week. I think that he's going to play a, a a bad defense. And some of the the outputs you said are they're not great, but ten points in a half PPR league from a running back sometimes is an RB two output. Like I, I wouldn't be too ten points was not the standout though. I mean, no, he had far more. Like, Tim took four the one like mediocre three, play. Yeah, three like, games. I'm going to focus on that. I'm one. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying like. It's not as if every single game you said was an absolute dud game. Unless he's had duds, but he's played well and he's in a good matchup. And I think that has to be. And Matt asked before, you know, Rashad White or him. And you know what? My sit is Rashad White uh, this week versus Carolina. I mean, we talked about. See, the, I'm good at segues too. <laughs> so we talked about like the the Leonard Fournette. Let him cook. Yeah, we talked about Leonard Fournette already uh, in terms of he's getting the high leverage situations as Hassan Haskins just made a terrible run. Um, as he's getting the high leverage situations, and that shows in the snap count too. The last three games, uh, his snap percentage, 53, 39, 36. Now, we had a touchdown last game that's salvaged, but his also his attempts have gone down, 13, 11, 7. Um, his targets are inconsistent, and just this team is trying to make the playoffs, and it's clear that they want uh, – you know Lombardi Lenny to be leading the way on that quest, and Carolina they're a mid range uh, matchup, but they have been they have been better as of late. So I, you know, if I'm playing, if I have anyone else, like I don't think Rashad White, like I'm gonna start Rashad White. Like my the the question I have is in my dynasty league is Rashad White or Romeo Dobbs, Mark Andrews, and. You know, David Njoku. So I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna play him in 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 that kind of situation, but I'm not excited um, in any way to do it. So that I think Rashad White is is my bench this week for that reason. All right, Matt, that's your boy. What do you think? Would you bench him this week? I mean, I think more of a tear breaker down okay. um, than a bench necessarily, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from for sure. All right, Matt, uh, finish us off. I, for me, it's Adam Thielen, and this might be a bit of a chalky response, but I still see him being ranked as a you know wide receiver three and uh, over double digit fantasy points yeah, in PPR and half PPR leagues even, and I, I think it's just asinine at this point. It feels like and this is kind of funny, but like it feels like everybody on the offense with an abbreviated first name other than Justin Jefferson can get targets except Adam Thielen because he doesn't have that abbreviated first name, like. The, 
he Mike was talking about TJ Hawkinson's 16 targets, which matched Justin Jefferson having 16 targets. Well, the week before that, KJ Osborne had 16 targets when Jefferson had, you guessed it, 16 targets. But during those two contests, Adam Thielen had four and five. He's averaging 11.2 points per game, but he has not eclipsed that threshold in any game this season where he hasn't scored a touchdown. Like his ceiling is 11.2 points per game, and you have to have him find the end zone to even get that ceiling. And the Packers defense are, yeah, regressed a little bit. We'll definitely admit that. They've allowed a few bigger wide receiver performances as of late, but they're among the best in the league at mitigating receiving production of opposing wideouts. They allow 192.4 passing yards per game. That's third best passing defense in the NFL. They give up 25.8 points per game to wide receivers. That's ranked 27th in true matchup rank, so bottom five matchup. A points over average of negative 11.7%. And we know that those 25.8 points per game are essentially all going to go to Justin Jefferson. So that leaves like whatever scraps of dog food production are left over for Adam Thielen. And I'm not interested in that production in the fantasy football championship. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. There's no way Adam Thielen is seeing the light of day in any of my matchups if I have him. Luckily, I don't have him because... This is more just like a spit in the face of ECR than anything because I know our listeners are are wiser than that, but it's just ridiculous, man. People need to give up on Thielen. All right, let's get into our next uh, category, maybe the most important category that we've had, the diamond in the rough, the sleepers. Wait, Tim. Oh, Still got more bench warmers, man. The week, what? No, we don't. Yeah, we do. Do you have another one? Yeah, I never gave my second bench warmer. Oh, my bad, Mike. Sorry, Damn not a sleeper yet. Bench warmer for Michael. <laughs> Error what? Twelve. Shut up. <laughs> this one is just a, you know, middle finger up to Tim again too, and it's Gabriel Davis, who has not put up a top thirty wide receiver performance and performance in half PPR since week ten, despite scoring a touchdown in two of those games. Yes, Cincinnati is a light matchup in terms of true matchup rank, but I think it's a get-right game for Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis is simply not very good at football. That is it. If you're trusting Gabe Davis still, I highly question your ability to play fantasy football. That's how I feel about Gabe Davis. Top 30 bet. Easily, right, you it. suck at fantasy football. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you you keep saying that, yet you're making erroneous statements today. In my I'm opinion. not making erroneous statements. You're just you're too locked into into nonsense. It's championship week, and Gabriel Davis has been atrocious all season long. Not a single top thirty finish in seven weeks, and you just bet me that he's gonna be a top thirty wide receiver. I believe that this matchup is going to cause Gabriel Davis to do that. And I think it's you're just as like if we haven't ignoring seen you're ignoring good the fact that he should have had two touchdowns but one was taken away last week. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you say so. Top thirty. Oh. That's the bet. What do you think, Matt? Matt's gonna agree with me because he's common sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying you have to play Gabe Davis. Like I'm, I don't, you I don't definitely want this. Shouldn't. I don't want this. I'm just saying that there's a chance that this boomer bus player uh-huh. booms in a game where they're going to need to score a lot of points. I don't think that's a erroneous. I, I statement. do agree with that statement. I don't erroneous, think erroneous on all accounts. <laughs> I don't think that's erroneous. Erroneous. Uh, Michael, uh, come on, let's start with your first sleeper then, since you're uh, since you're in the hot zone right now. Uh, sure. My first sleeper um, for this week. This should actually wait. Hold. Give me one second. I was just in the uh, marking down the. Um, the, the bet. So oh, I, I left the that's, bad, that's a bad. That's bad hosting. My my first sleeper is Isaiah Hodgins. 
who Tim is not going to argue with me on nope. this one. He's actually likely going to give me a hug after this episode ends. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Hodgins was a favorite of mine last week, and he went 8 for 89 in a touchdown against yes, Minnesota. Yeah, championship because of it. Yeah, Obviously, that is not going to repeat itself, or who knows, maybe it will, but it's unlikely that it repeats itself. But even in the games prior to that, um, he caught four catches for 37 yards against Washington, which was his most difficult matchup. Not a great game, obviously. Um, but prior to that, four for 38 against Philly and a touchdown, five for 44 and a touchdown against Washington as well. He's, he has an affinity find, to find the end zone recently, and he's getting the red zone looks. He's also playing a ton of snaps, and he's basically been the wide receiver one over the last four weeks as Darius Slayton has cooled off a bit. And it's a very good matchup against Indianapolis, who I was talking about earlier they've basically given up so it's not a matchup by any means that i'm scared about um even though they are 22nd in true matchup rank so yeah i like isaiah hodgins this week as a as a sleeper flex type of play um similar to last week i think last week he had more upside but if you have to trust isaiah hodgins this week or if you're struggling at the flex position i do think he still has some some viability here but his expert consensus ranking has jumped up considerably as well this week after another strong game no, no, fine, Michael. I agree with you. Fine. Uh, you know, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins has, has been has been great. I, I I don't understand the people who are continuing to say play play Darius Slayton over him. I don't get it. It's it's it, it, this is not going to be a, a the type of game too where where the Giants are going to pull away and they're not going to need to throw the ball. Like the Giants' offense is not like that. Yeah. They're going to need to throw the ball. They're gonna need to throw it. As Josh Josh Dobbs, speaking of throwing it, I mean Darius Slayton. Josh Dobbs been, looks good, man. He looks like he, he's, man, he's moving the ball. You're bro. exaggerating. He his first quarter was really bad. He's he's had a few good drives though in his last. And this game isn't this game is not over. This Cowboys Titans game. I mean he's playing against a very very good defense here. Um, all right, Matt, who's your first? Uh, who's your first sleeper, bro? Gregory Dortch of yeah, the Arizona I like it. Cardinals. I like it. I mean, it this might is not Matt's really be a way sleeper, of, but uh, in, I'm sorry, Matt, to uh, cut you off, but this is your way in week 17 to say I still love you, Rondell Moore. <laughs> One, oh, I mean, I, it, it was obviously <laughs> a part of the the process of saying like, look at how Cliff Kingsbury is running this offense, and Rondell was averaging 18.7 points per game over his last four before put, being put on injured reserve. Like this kid would absolutely be dominating even with Hopkins and Hollywood in the lineup, um, but. Speaking of those guys, obviously tear breakers <laughs> down for me, and I don't necessarily feel that way about Greg Dortch. He was the lone positive in the Cardinals passing offense last week. Slot receiver totaled a 76.0% snap share. All of those snaps coming out of the slot, which I thought was a hilarious little tidbit. He caught 10 of 11 targets. That was a 23.9% target share. Obviously a season high target share for him for 98 yards. And the Falcons' defense is absolutely horrendous against wide receivers, sure. I, I don't think people should be as high on Hollywood and Nuke because of that defensive matchup. But they are also ranked 30th uh, in DVOA to the slot. They allow 33 points per game to opposing wideouts. Points over average of 21.9%. That's second amongst all defenses behind only the Titans' mess of a secondary that seems to be stepping up with third-string players in right now against the Cowboys. But all of that said is... It's championship week. If you're in a streaming position, like if you're still riding that who's got the hot hand on the waiver wire uh, situation and or have Greg Dorch kind of lingering on your bench and have listened to some of the other names that we've dropped as the bench 
bench warmers of the week. I think Greg Dorch can probably give you 10 points per game and or 10 points outing in your flex spot. And again, I'm, I want floors and ceilings this week in fantasy championships. Like I definitely don't want guys fizzling out when I need them the most. Another Stefan Diggs three point game would be absolutely disastrous. Yeah. You know, I like it. I, I Not think that, that has anything to do with Dorch. I just think he has a solid floor. <laughs> I think Dorch, yeah, I think Dorch is going to be a, a good play. I think if you have the if you have an iron set of balls and you're in a PPR league, you put Greg Dorch in your flex and you say, "I ride today." Facts. Um, speaking of giant balls, like I, I just want to say honorable mention to DJ Chark. I mentioned why I like him earlier. It's a great matchup. He's played really well. In three of the last four games, not playing the Jets, he's put up over 85 yards in each of those games. So I'm trying to get him. Um, I, I would love I would be very excited to play him in my flex. I think he's going to have a, a good game uh, against the the Bears. But my real when he's here is, you know, when I was doing this, I'm like, all right, I need to make an impact here, and I want to look out for the people who need the most looking out for, the people who have Derrick Henry, and the people who have Tony Pollard in a league that basically everyone's rostered. Right, you need a running back play. You might not have a, a a running back to play. If you need a running back play, I'm going to give you two guys that I think are going to be playable. My favorite of the two is the first one, and I'm going to say this name, and it might sound shocking to you, but I have a good reason. It's Jordan Mason. If you don't know who Jordan Mason is, he is the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Matt mentioned earlier in his CMC take why this is such a good matchup for the 49ers running back. And I agree that it is. And I think that I have Christian McCaffrey ranked as my number one running back this week. You're talking garbage time. I'm talking garbage time. And I think the garbage, garbage. time is going to be spectacular. You're talking about the best defense in football. And do not get it twisted. The 49ers have the best defense in football. Matt laid out the numbers. 100%. They are the best defense in football, hands down. And they are going against a Las Vegas team who's starting Jason Stidham. And ba- and like Jarrett. Jared Stidham. Jason he Stidham. went to Jared. Jared. Jason Stidham is the is the, is the the actor. Yeah, that's Jason yeah. Statham. Statham. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. <laughs> Statham. Excuse me. You're all over the place. There he is. Jason Statham. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him Jason Stidham every time. He like, Can we count double errors? Like that? every time he scores an interception, like he'll be a, he's like, oh, he's a double agent. That Jason Statham. Scores an interception. Yeah, right. I hate I said, you I said so scores. much right now. I said scores an interception. I feel like you need to take a break. Throws an interception. Good I thing this is week you. 17. Clear yeah. mind. Like you guys just are nitpicking at my language because I'm so excited. It's about week the 17, fact that Tim. We need to you, you take advantage of it while we still can. I just I just realized that Jason Statham and Jace, J- Jared Stidham are so similar. I need to make this work somehow. I need to make this work somehow. You're 100 going to call Jared Stidham the wrong name in the next 12 seconds. You know you know how Jason Stidham is the transporter. Maybe may, hold on. Maybe Jared Stidham is the interceptor. No? The interceptor. Okay. Yeah, because he throws interceptions. The interceptor. Anyway, uh, this is going to be a lopsided one-way game, and I just don't think the 49ers are in the, interested in putting CMC out there in the fourth quarter when there's no reason for the game, and they've already locked up the division, and they're not going to get the bye week. So basically their position is locked in, and I just don't see a reason for them to play around with Christian McCaffrey. And if you look at Jordan Mason's games and you look at the corresponding uh, points, then you see that in games that are more blowout oriented, Jordan Mason gets more work. Um, in the last four weeks, uh, they've won by 13 in New Orleans, so uh, not not the biggest 
gap never a, a, a really comfortable lead he only got five uh carries uh last week against seattle this was only a one touchdown lead they needed every bit of christian mccaffrey in that game to win uh he only got four carries but they blew out the miami dolphins 33 to 17 in that game he got eight rushes they blew out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35 to 7. In that game, he got 11 rushes. And by the way, all these all these rushing numbers, 5 for 25, 8 for 51, 11 for 56, 4 for 64, those are highly efficient. Highly efficient. Another highly efficient running back in the Kyle Shanahan 49er system. What a shocker. So I think that here, if I am so comfortable starting Jordan Mason. If I need a guy, if I really, really need a guy and I, there's no one left on the wire and I just don't know what to do, odds are that Jordan Mason is on your waiver wire and odds are you can pick him up right now. And if anything, you could, I would go pick him up, stash him. Like I said, there's no reason to have anything but handcuffs and quarterbacks on your squad right now. He's 9% rostered in Yahoo. That went down 2% actually last week because people are just letting him go. I'm actually checking his his uh, roster ownership and sleeper uh, right now as we talk. But as I do that, he's widely available. So I, I think he's a good play. I really do. I think that there's no way that the, the Raiders put up anything that even resembles a fight in this game against this defense. And um, he is currently rostered on, wow, 38%. Of rosters, yeah, sleepers way sleeper. sharper than Yahoo. And though. you know what else? Sleeper is where Dynasty lives, and they don't separate Dynasty. So uh, Jordan Mason is a, is definitely rostered in yeah. Dynasty. Uh, all right. So with that being said, Jordan Mason is my sleeper. Matt, who is your first sleeper? Still, thirty eight percent is actually quite low, even. Um, my second sleeper. Second the deep sleeper? sleeper. Yeah, it would be my second sleeper. And this is the deep diamond in the rough and for oh, all yeah, those returning yeah. listeners they know that i like to dig into the coal mines and find that real diamond and for the new listeners it's all because tim once called Traylon burks a deep diamond in the rough so every single week i fly in the face of him by uh, uh, hold really on digging let me ask you guys a question <laughs> let me ask you guys a question well, now that we're in week 16 how many weeks was Traylon burks playable okay Three? fair enough yeah, yeah yeah all right fair am i still getting shit That's- for this it was yes, pretty and, hilarious. And one of them was the, was the week that I predicted that he was playable. That I was right, by the way, that week. Fuckers. Yeah, well, I'm not, I, I'm not bringing that up. I'm yeah. Just saying. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> My deep diamond in the rough, coal mine diamond in the rough is Royce Freeman. That is okay. not a name that I thought would have any interest or viability in week 17. And I mean, he doesn't have much, but he does have volume on the side. That's two weeks in a row as the tex- Texans lead running back with the most carries, the most snaps. Um, he played 55% of the team snaps, led the backfield with 16 carries last week. That's a 67% rushing percentage. Um 32 rushing yards is the disappointing part. Now, again, volume is certainly on his side, and the hope is obviously that he can plod his way to a touchdown that would help boost him above double-digit scoring so that he's actually a viable starter. But he's unfortunately the only effective runner on that offense as Dare Ogunwabale is nothing more than a Desperate change of pace, Dare. even for them. It's Dare, all right. Say the last name for me, then. I don't know what you're talking about. I nailed that. I don't know what you're talking about. 
yeah. <laughs> so, but that you know, that said, is it's it is what it is, and it's obviously an unfortunate situation for all Texans fans and managers of any portion of the Texans offense because they're not scoring. But you know, you're a desperate situation. We're talking about deep leagues and deep diamonds in the rough, and a guy that is definitely widely available even in dynasty leagues. Um, I would give a look at Royce Freeman and kind of more so what Tim said. It's even in a situation just to play keep away, keep, you know, you have somebody that you need to replace or your roster's gotten really thin at the wrong time. There's definitely worse options out there. At least he's a starting running back with a guarantee path to 15 touches. Yuck. Yeah, it's a gross 15 touches, but it's 15 touches. Uh, <laughs> Gross is the keyword there, Michael. Who's your deep sleeper? Yeah, one hundred percent. My deep sleeper. You're gonna have to squeeze this diamond and, and rub off the dirt. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. My deep sleeper is someone who has become a favorite here at Brodo, and that is Rashid Shahid. Yeah, of Rashid. the uh, yeah of the New Orleans Saints. He's been solid these past few weeks. Five targets last week against Cleveland. Four against Atlanta. Four against Tampa Bay. This is a this is a player who relies on the deep ball, but he has been effective with his deep ball looks. And against Cleveland, Olave was out. They were playing in a very, very bad weather, and he stepped up, played uh, five targets, went four for 41. He gets a matchup here against Phillies, which is the Philadelphia Eagles, which is not tremendous on paper. But even if Chris Olave returns, who's been practicing in a limited uh, capacity, this is a game where Andy Dalton and the Saints may be forced to air it out if they're playing from behind against the Eagles and trying to keep pace with the Eagles, even if Hurts is out. The Gardner Minshew Eagles just put up 34 points against the Cowboys. And uh, I could see the Eagles are also, they're, they're a very good defense, but they're 16th in true matchup ranks to opposing wide receivers. So not the most difficult area um, to be beat if you are a, if you're an opposing um, receiver. So, yeah, I think Rashid Shahid, obviously you have to be in a deeper league or kind of in a desperate situation here, but he could catch a long one or, you know, put together four catches for 80 yards. And even if that happens, that's not a terrible game at all by any by any stretch. So the upside here is like 95 yards and a touchdown, which we saw happen a couple of weeks ago. Rashid Shahid. He also so, has a tremendous name. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about Rashid Shahid in this this spot, too, and, and the matchup did kind of keep me away a little bit. But I think it is worth noting that even with Olave, he has led the team in receiving yards in three consecutive games now. There you go. Uh, he Definitely a favorite of Mr. Andrew Dalton. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, this is the deep diamond in the rough. If this one's not deep enough for you, then uh, I don't know what the you, final- you're on. Uh, yeah, the final deep sleeper of the year. Of the year. Until we enter the final streamatorium visit. Of That's the year. right. Um, it's Jermichael Hasty of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I told you. Similar approach. Interesting. Yeah, now I told you that the reason why I don't like Travis Etienne is because that I don't think he's going to play that much. Uh, slot in Jermichael Hasty. The only time that Travis Etienne did not play um, the majority of the snaps uh, this year was Jermichael Hasty, who got 78% of the snaps and took that home to a running back five finish where he caught five targets for 67 yards and a touchdown, ran the ball 12 times for 28 yards, so obviously not very effective on the ground. But since the trade of James Robinson, it's been Jermichael Hasty as the guy who is the backup here to Travis Etienne. So I think that Travis Etienne, who has a history, like obviously missed all of last year with the Liz Frank injury, and this game doesn't matter. So there's there's 
reason to believe that ETN won't play that much. In his stead was will be Jamichael Hasty, and it's, he's getting a great matchup against Houston, who you can shred on the ground and in the air if you're a running back. So obviously a deep sleeper here as well but two guys who were like a back, backup running backs you know for the most part quote-unquote backup running backs that because of game script might get some big time work um this year like I, this week i'm gonna i'm probably gonna throw a, a a DraftKings lineup together with with the cheapest options ever um at receiver and running back i'll probably put these two running backs in and i'll i'll, I'll put I mean, uh, I'll put try and get Algier in there, and I'll just like get Diggs, uh, Jamar Chase, and Pam Holmes, like something like that. I'm definitely gonna play a lineup like that this week. Yeah, Tim likes donating money. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, I'm in the teacher ch- teachers charity league. Uh, it, the uh, the set up by AWL Sabermetrics. Uh, he was a fan of the show, and then he became uh, a fantasy analyst himself, and all all the time a friend of the show. And um, I play in his tournament that he sets up. It's a charity league for uh, teachers uh, and slash fantasy analysts, but so just regular teachers as well to get in. And the you have to donate to a charity, and my charity was St. Jude. So shout out St. Jude, uh, doing very important work. Um, so yeah, Michael, flip that on you, son of a bitch. Um, flip, 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 flip. All right, let's get into the streamers. The streamatorium. The last time we enter the streamatorium to see the blue, beautiful fishies. Um, Matt, why don't we start with you here? Who is your first streamer at quarterback? So we've gone full circle. This is what I mean. Somebody that is playing for his football life. Somebody that is playing to remain in the NFL next season. Baker Mayfield is my streamer quarterback. Mm. And Baker put up what is virtually a flawless showing against the league's best secondary in the Denver Broncos. He completed 24 of 28 pass attempts for 230 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and absorbed zero sacks against a defense that has been wreaking havoc Mm -hmm. on absolutely everybody in the league. Has been the only bright spot of their team is the fact that it doesn't matter who they play. They're very capable at shutting down the best of the best of the best of the best. And then Baker Mayfield dog walked that defense i honestly think from a true matchup perspective yeah it's not the best but i honestly think that baker mayfield is playing this game like or every game really like he's in the super bowl and yeah he obviously the rightfully so he didn't have the the best outing um but that also was you know 10 days into the playbook and he did start 36 hours into the playbook and lead the team down 15 nothing in the fourth quarter with five minutes left and no timeouts so like the kid is competent man and i always bring dynasty perspective a little bit into these things i think baker mayfield is a screaming buy in super flex leagues there's no way that kid is not a starting quarterback again in the nfl he went to carolina he went to carolina i don't care man nobody's a starting quarterback in carolina what? Like there's nobody works in that system. How Baker Mayfield will be. I will bet you my house that Baker Mayfield starts for another NFL team. How big is your house? <laughs> no, but listen, like, I, I feel you. I think he's good this week. I don't know about all that. Buy I stuff. guarantee he starts for another team after 2023, all 100% right, or during right. 2023. Guaranteed. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It might even be the Rams. I mean, that would, that wouldn't be the worst. That would be the worst. Speaking of which, you're talking about a guy who's playing for his life. Another guy is playing for his life and playing for his team's playoff hopes. Mike White, 
returns. He is my streamer of the week at quarterback. Uh, he's currently ranked as my as my quarterback ten. I'm throwing him right in the fire. Uh, it's, it's just like the Jets are throwing him right in the fire. The Jets are are committing to Mike White for the remainder of the season. And look, there's no reason to think that Mike White, if when he plays, can't be great. He's played two. Now look. He's very much gone with the matchup, right? He's played two great matchups. Chicago, uh, that was the first week where they really got torn up by a quarterback. Uh, Before that, they were a pretty good passing uh, defense. Mike White tore them up. Minnesota, Mike White tore them up. Buffalo, not quite, although he got beat up in that game. Now we get Seattle. They're the 10th best matchup according to true... uh, a true defensive ranking, a points over average of 12.7 points per game. So they are a matchup that you want. And the Jets are playing for their playoff lives. Mike White is playing for a job next year, too. Like, there's a world out there where Mike White is a starting quarterback for someone, and it might be the Jets next year. So, yeah, apparently they're treating this as like a, you know, a gauge into if they should re-sign him for next season, which it, makes sense. After that game by Zach Wilson, and you guys know I've been team Zach Wilson. After that game by Zach Wilson last week, if I'm management, I'm like, okay, that was horrible. Maybe Zach Wilson is something in the future, but we can't afford to find out this year. We're going to put Zach Wilson on his ass. He's not going to play again. And the same way that we're evaluating Zach Wilson for the future I would just turn those exact same goggles on Mike White and say, okay, let's let's examine this dude as if he's Zach Wilson. Let's let's root for him to succeed as much as we were rooting for Zach Wilson to, to succeed. And if he does, then there's a, a, a conversation to be had. And Mike White knows that. Mike White knows that. And he's playing in a must-win situation um, against a very good opponent, especially lately the Seahawks have been vulnerable. Uh, their secondary has been trash. They had that good, like that really good uh, slice of the season where their secondary was very good, but their secondary has been absolute trash. Um, so, yeah, I think Mike White is my streamer of the week. Michael, who's your streamer? My streamer of the week is one of the most fun players to root for in the NFL, and that's Gardner Minshew. My bad, Michael. Could I just cut you off and just point out that the holder for the Cowboys, his last name is Anger. A N G E R, anger. Is anger not the punter? Or am I the, yeah, the punter. Well, he's also the holder. That's what they tend. They tend to have that job. True that. But that's wild. Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, Gardner Minshew is my streamer of the week. Difficult matchup here against New Orleans, who is very good against opposing um, quarterbacks and passing offenses in general. But they are not as difficult as Dallas. And Gardner Minshew just went 355 yards through the air against Dallas with two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to boot. Um, the Eagles offense is just too good to be held down and Gardner Minshew proved that he is capable of handling um, that offense and if Jalen Hurts does not play which I think would be a little silly for the Eagles to start Jalen Hurts in this matchup you want to get him right for the playoffs where um, he will be much more you know helpful I than will say right now against New Orleans they, he, he's playing for MVP too I think that that has something to do with it I know it shouldn't but if he misses another game, he's going to be hard-pressed to win MVP over a guy like Mahomes or Burrow. I mean, I suppose, but... I'm just saying. You also want to win a Super Bowl. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, Gardner Mitchell's my guy here. I think he has uh, some real upside, as he showed last week, um, despite the difficult matchup. And, you know, the the rushing appeal, he can use his legs a little bit, too, is always a nice, is always a nice little add. I like it. 
All right, let's get into the tight end streamers, the ugliest place to find anything in the stream. This is the shit stream, uh, but a stream nonetheless. Uh, so, Michael, who's your streamer since since you are sitting Mark Andrews for a streamer? Who are you sitting Mark Andrews for? Jawan Johnson. I wasn't joking. I have Jawan <laughs> Johnson ranked higher than um, Mark Andrews wow. this week. Jawan Johnson's first down game came this past week against Cleveland where he went one catch for nine yards. Prior to that, he uh, he went two for 42 in a touchdown against Baltimore, five for 44 in a touchdown against Pitt, three for 47 in a touchdown against the Rams. He had the donut against San Fran um, and the down game against Cleveland. But against Atlanta, four for 67 and two touchdowns. And like I mentioned against the Eagles, I think the Saints are going to be playing from behind and are going to be forced to pass a lot. And this is not going to be an awful weather game as it was last week. So I like Jawan Johnson as a streamer this week who has been a top 10 tight end for a while now. I mean, I can't I can't be mad at you. I can't be mad at you. Jawan Johnson, he's, he would be, if he was a little more famous and if he had played at a little more famous, more valuable position, I feel like Jawan Johnson has, you know, a if legitimate case. Famous. Yeah, I mean, I think he would have a legitimate case for most improved or comeback player of the year. Like this oh, guy, I see what you mean. This guy yeah, switched yeah. positions, you know, and is now excelling. He's playing very well. He's, he's, a, he's a he went from a wide receiver to a high impact tight end. That's hard to do. It's hard to do. Uh, my streamer of the week at tight end is Cole Komet. Blech, gross. Yuck. But hey, listen, in the last three weeks, Cole Komet has had seven targets, five targets, six targets. He's caught all but one pass in each of the games. Um, I hope that was clear. He like he caught seven, six of seven targets, four or five, five of six. You know, um, he played 100 percent of the snaps, 94 uh, percent of the snaps last week. And the Lions are the fourth best matchup for tight ends. Again, it's ugly, but I so far my streamatorium tight ends have been hitting. And not to jinx it for Cole Komet, but I've been following the matchups, and this matchup says. Cole Komet is a good play. I'm playing Cole Komet. I'm actually streaming Cole Komet in uh, a league that last week I picked up Taysom Hill. I'm not comfortable playing Taysom Hill again uh, this week, so I'm I'm streaming Cole Komet in that matchup, and I'm hoping that he catches a touchdown. So I'm in it with you guys. Cole Komet is my streamer. Matt? You mean Jawan Johnson? Who you got? I'll, I'll throw a little back to the Mike White and say that I kind of feel – pretty good about the Jets pass catching options so that means Tyler Conklin I think is a viable streamer and I mean I don't really care who it is you start your fantasy tight ends against the Seattle Seahawks do it always like every time no matter what for as good as the Seahawks secondary is that limiting wide receivers on the outside of the hashes they seemingly have no idea or care or concern for that matter at stopping the tight end position they allow 17.1 points per game to opposing tight ends that ranks first obviously in the nfl with a true matchup rank of first obviously because they also concede a ridiculous expected increase of 57.8 percent in points over average 57.8 percent that is that's absurd that is the highest points over average for any position of any team in the nfl Mm. that's wild they're literally the worst team at defending any position in the nfl to the tight ends it, it i feel and yeah i mean i guess cj uzoma might come in and like steal like three receptions for two touchdowns because he does them thanks but i 
I think you can feel pretty good if you're still a streaming tight end position. And obviously the Evan Ingrams of the world are are taken up nowadays and the Greg Dulcich's are being held on to, even though he's not really performing. I think Ty Conklin is somebody that you can run to the waiver wires who is widely available and get higher production than both of the guys that I just named. Michael, I just picked up Jawan Johnson in my league and now have a decision to make between him and Cole Komet. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Matt, I, I want to agree with you because the matchup is so good and I've been trusting it. Tyler Conklin has been so bad. Conk, Conk. Yeah, it's not been great. But, like, everybody's just – that's why I said it could be C.J. Uzama. But I didn't want to do a cop-out and just say Jets tight ends. Yeah. Mm. So one of those guys has scored a touchdown against the Seahawks. C.J. Uzama has been in the game plan the last few weeks. If you, I feel like C.J. Uzama is, might be the better play of, of the two. I don't disagree with you. Ah, I want to. I want to name him as the better play. And Conklin does have the higher snap share, the higher target share, so he is still the tight end one. But yeah, Uzama's been prevalent. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, personally, I wouldn't play those guys. But if you're going to play anyone, play him against the Arizona Cardinals. That's for damn sure. Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks. Excuse me. That's for damn sure. All right, Michael. You're going to be the one reading the start sit questions for the patrons. One of the best features of the Patreon uh, is this every single week. So this is one of the more important ones. Uh, Michael's going to read it just so I don't make any errors and I don't forget anything. <laughs> so, Mike, who? Uh, let's do this, man. Let's do this. Full PPR start two from Izzy. DJ Moore, Rashad White, Hollywood Brown, and Debo if he's healthy. Debo, we should assume Debo's out. Yes. Uh, I mean, Debo is projected nine points in sleepers platform. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that, but for everything I've heard so far, he's out. Damn, that's a that's so a two list full PPR: DJ Moore, Rashad White, and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that's I a DJ. Moore I mean, DJ Moore for White. sure. Yeah, I think DJ Moore is the is the play here. I have him ranked right now as as my wide receiver twenty three. The only problem is with DJ Moore is that he disappears. You know, like this. I mean, but it's DJ Moore, Rashad White, or Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Yeah, DJ Moore's the play. Yeah. DJ Moore's the play. And then Rashad White or Hollywood Brown. Rashad. He needs to play two? Yeah, he needs to play one more. Mm. I lean Hollywood actually here against Atlanta. But this is a this is a more tough one. So I have to be the tiebreaker here, huh? Yes. Yep. Rashad. Man, I don't know. This is that's a tough one. Very close. Very close. Kai asks. Giants D versus Indy or Jags D versus Houston? Giants D versus Indy. I kind of lean Giants, Giants D if Giants Nick Foles starts. Giants. Yeah, I think Giants defense. I'll, I already said it. I'm going to tell I, you. I sorry, go opened ahead. opened up a pod with it earlier. No, yeah. I just mean in that Michael Pittman breakdown, Like, I think the Giants defense are going to get multiple turnovers, potentially a touchdown. I will say this, Matt. You were on point with Kayvon Thibodeau. That, that guy, when he plays, looks like a, bo- a man amongst boys. Like he, yeah, he's I mean, he's the real deal. Iron sharpens iron, man. If if your every single practice snap is against Penny Sewell, you're going to be good. And especially if you're a fucking brick shit house. That guy is well, yeah. Like I mean, it, it helps. It helps being six four and two seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So where are we here, Michael? Next one. Yeah, from Mullen. Sit one of Acres, Mixon, and Walker. Kenneth. Oh boy. Oh boy. I think it's crazy, but I'm gonna sit Kenneth Walker. Wowzers here. This is a tough one. I'd sit Akers. Right now I have Kenneth Walker ranked as my lowest of the bunch. I have Mixon seven, Akers eight, 
Walker 11. But I have them all as 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 running back ones. I think... I think Cam Akers clearly has the lowest floor. I don't think it's debatable, yeah. guys. I agree. That's why I said it might be crazy. I mean, I... Are you favored? Maybe if you're favored, you go Ken Walker if you need some points. Because I think Cam Akers has a higher ceiling than Kenneth Walker against the Jets. You got you have to take the matchup into consideration. Cam Akers is in a... He's going to get 20 touches in the be, in one of the best possible matchups you can possibly get. And Joe Mixon's going to be in a high over-under shootout. Walker's going to be against the Jets. You know, who's a good, who are a good run defense and good defense overall. I mean, overall. I said Akers. You're not going to convince me. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit. Wow, oh man! I'm gonna sit Walker. I'm gonna sit Walker. All right. Um, Slater asked Tyler Algier or Miles Sanders. Algier, easy. Sanders. I don't think it's that easy, but I agree with Tim. Sanders didn't practice today, which is concerning, and they don't need to win, which no, is also exactly. concerning. So My, keep an eye on Sanders' practice status. Miles Sanders, when you say hit or miss, I think it's still. I think oh, he did practice right now, actually, it's Sanders. Algier. Yeah, I don't hate that. It's disgusting, but I don't hate it with the way Miles Sanders has been running these last couple of weeks. And it does seem like they're they're going to give Algier a bunch of touches. I don't know. I still lean Sanders, but I, I don't hate the Algier idea. Next. Uh, Sanders, for me, just like if he sucks, he can completely ruin your team. Like I don't. The thing is, like the fact that you're even here with Miles Sanders on your teams. Congratulations. I like you've had to, you had to have someone else go off off because five. Tim, you're uh, you're salty about having Miles Sanders and him screwing you over, huh? Yeah, I mean, but but also last week too. Like this guy has put up less than five half PPR points in two straight games now. Yeah, certainly not clutch by any means. No, so like he can shit your team. Cam Akers has been a reliable. <laughs> He can shit your team. Yeah, he can shit right all. He can shit on it as if he's shitting on your bed uh, alongside uh, whatever I was saying before. All right, next. <laughs> um, Piz243 asked, half PPR, have to start two. Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, Lat Murray, Isaiah Hodgins, and Deontay Johnson. All right, we're going to have to say that again. Start two, half PPR, Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, Lat Murray, Isaiah Hodgins, and Deontay Johnson. Eileen Hodgins and Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson and Lat Murray. Can you say one more time? Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, Lat Murray, Isaiah Hodgins, Deontay Johnson. Singletary and Deontay Johnson or Isaiah Hodgins. I'm I'm very I'm very on the on the fence between between Hodgins and and Singletary. I mean Hodgins and um, and uh, Johnson, very on the fence. You like fences, but I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely playing Devin Singletary. I think this is one of the games where they're gonna he's gonna have to play. And I, like I said, I want pieces in this game. All right. Well, this is not a we we chose different people. Not I'm gonna ideal. Go with, I'm gonna but, go with Isaiah Hodgins. Um, Slater again asked pick two PPR Juju Christian Watson Chris Olave Isaiah Pacheco Michael Pittman. I'd go Juju and Watson if Watson plays. Juju and Olave if Watson is out and Olave plays. Juju and Olave if Watson's out. 
And yeah, I mean, Juju, that was, that's the perfect breakdown. And then Juju, Juju and Pacheco, and Pacheco Watson, a, and Olave are out. I couldn't have said it yeah. any better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We all, we're in our I mean, that, that, in all honesty, we kind of are gifted the injury scenario there. That makes the process of elimination pretty easy. I'm not going to lie, bro. Whenever I have a, a, a star set decision to make and it's like, oh, this person's injured, I'm always like, yes. I mean, like not like... Not like cause he's a person I want to be healthy, but I, I'm always like, yo, yes, I don't have to make this decision. I'm not going yeah, to hold me fun. forever. Like last week when I was, play, I was playing against Geno Smith, and when he got like concussed or whatever, well, he didn't get concussed. He ended up going down but returning to the game. Right when he got injured, I was like, damn, come back next week. Perfectly fine, Geno. Like that's how, that's how you do it when you're playing fantasy football. Like you got to respect the player. But you also want him to miss the week for your own personal gain. It's uh it's it's always a fine balance when you're playing fantasy football because uh the players in fantasy football are real life human beings. Uh so it's it's always it's always a it's always a fine line that we're that we're tight roping. Yep. All right, PPR from Themi, Greg Dolchik or Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. Easy. Ingram. I'd say. Slater, one R B, one wide receiver, one flex. So let me start with the running backs. AJ Dillon, JK Dobbins, and Deontay Foreman. AJ Dillon for me. Dillon. He's already starting Aaron Jones. Ooh. Still. I'd yeah, rather just roll Dillon. with AJ Dillon anyways. I have Dillon ranked significantly higher than Aaron Jones in my Maybe rankings. Maybe Foreman. Nah, no shot I'm starting Foreman over AJ Dillon. No. Me neither. Even though I mean Foreman he's just talk about up and down. He's what people wanted Gabe Davis to be. It's funny too because he does it in the matchups where he's not supposed to do it. So yeah. it's not like you're like, oh yeah, this is a bad matchup. Let's sit him. But I don't want to risk getting one and a half points at a foreman. Yo, these Titans, very volatile. The Titans, like they, this always seems to happen. Well, by the way, we're still watching the game. It's still, it's still going on. The, it's this always seems to happen where when a team purposely sits guys to avoid injury, like the injury bug just finds them. And the Texans, I mean, the Titans have lost now like two starters that have played. They're they're limping off the field. It's ridiculous. Disrespect. It's crazy, That's man. Why. Damn. Anyway. But wide receivers, choose one. Um, Michael Pittman, Darius Slayton, Gabe Davis. See, this is where we're going to differ. When you're, talk, when you're talking, yeah, I'm going Gabe Davis there. He's the guy with the upside. And the other guys I'd are not with, guaranteed at all. They have similar floors. I'd probably go Pittman. See, that's it. No. When you get to this level, I'd, I'd go Pittman. Uh, nah, we don't have to agree. This That's is the this is the tier where you start Gabe Davis, in my opinion. And now we need a and now we need a flex out of Pittman, Slayton, Gabe Davis, AJ Dillon, J.K. Dobbins, Deontay Foreman, and Pat Fryermuth thrown in there as well. I'd go Dobbins in the flex. Did Dobbins. you see Dobbins' quote today? Maybe Foreman. Did you see Dobbins' quote today? He said, "My my left my right leg is not." as fast as my left leg and it's not keeping up with what I wanted to do. And he looks like it when he's on the field. Yeah, like his left his right leg looks slower. Kind of running like a like a penguin. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Foreman. I'm going to go with okay. Foreman in the flex. Next one from Slater, 1 RB, 1 wide receiver, 1 flex again. So we'll start with the running backs, DeAndre Swift, Ken Walker, David Montgomery. I'm going Walker. Walker. Matt Swift Walker yeah. Montgomery, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to go Swift. I want to go Swift. Swift over Kenneth Walker and David Montgomery. You madman. I would I go Swift you. over Montgomery. Uh, I wouldn't go Swift over Walker. You guys are madmen. Yeah, it's it's probably K Dub. Wide receivers: Christian Watson, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, Chris Olave. 
Again, Watson if he plays, right? DJ Moore if he doesn't. Yeah, in the in the order, it should be Watson, Olave, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown in a vacuum if all are healthy. Um, I agree. That said, I would probably lean DJ Moore in, in this particular situation over we, Olave, but Watson yeah. if he's healthy. We haven't talked about Chris Olave. I just wanted like because you know like, we're already two hours into this podcast and it's our last real podcast of the season with 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 implications. So. Sorry if I'm going a little over, Michael. Uh, but with that being said, Chris Olave has not been good since week 11. You want to you want to talk about a guy who hasn't been good? Like this guy has not been good since week 11. He's been in and out of the lineup. I don't know what your injury. what your deal is with Chris Olave. I mean, I like players who produce fantasy points, and he's had one. He's had one performance outside. I mean, in, outside of the t- inside of the top 38 receivers, he's had one performance since week nine. Inside the top thirty-eight receivers, one. Like I, I, you can't, you can't depend on that in your fantasy championship. You also had a bye week mixed in there, and he's been injured with a soft tissue. Two of those injury. games, he had sixty-two How, and sixty-five receiving yards. Like it's not like these are devastating games. How many times have I been here though on this podcast telling you guys that these soft tissue injuries? You're the one hyping up Gabe Davis this week. Yeah, because of situations like I'm hyping him up in situations where it's like Michael Pittman or Gabe Davis. Like I'm not saying you have to play him, but no, I'm I'm not playing Olave uh, over what what's the list again? Christian Watson, DJ Moore, Hollywood Brown, Chris Olave. If that's, Watson's out, that's the order it should be. Like maybe you could flip Olave and, and Brown. If you play Hollywood Brown over Olave, I, I question your decision making. I mean, maybe, maybe you're, you're right. All right, I'll give you that one. We also need a I'll flex. Give you Hollywood Brown. One flex: Swift, Montgomery, and then Watson or Olave. If one of them plays, but I mean Swift, Montgomery, and then Watson or Olave. I suppose, right? Watson, Swift. I'd go Watson or Olave. You go Olave over David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. Yes. Maybe yep. not David Montgomery, but definitely over DeAndre Swift. I will bet you both of those guys finish over Chris Olave this week. I mean, Chris, I doubt Chris Olave plays, but if it's he does, even, yeah, yeah, it's this is just hypothetical. That, this is exactly this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even playing. Let's move on. He's not playing. All right, so let's go into someone who will play. Half PPR: um, Jeff Wilson, Samaj P. Ryan, or Kareem Hunt. Wow, that's gross. Jeff Wilson, <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Wilson, one hundred percent Jeff Wilson. I mean, of those guys, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Same situation. Yeah, um, but, yo, if, if that's the kind of situation, yo, go pick up Jordan Mason if he's available. Like, that's my biggest. Like, I'd go play, pick up Jordan Mason. I'd probably play Jeff Wilson over Jordan Mason. I think I would, too. Tyler Boyd or George Pickens? I go George Pickens. Pickens been good. Yeah. Pickett yeah, loved, yeah, I guess Pickens. Pickett I don't know about throwing good. To I mean, he, Pickens has been definitely average. Pickens was a wide receiver, uh, two last week. Every time Kenny Pickett... It's throwing the Kenny ball. Pickett. It seems like George Kenny Pickens Pickett. is a wide receiver three or better. So I'm going Kenny Pickens. Pickett. <laughs> Gary has J.K. Um, Dobbins. No, I, I, yeah, I probably agree. It's, it's Pickens, but I don't like it, and he's not good. So <laughs> Gary has J.K. Dobbins, Tyler Algier, Zach Moss, or Gus Edwards. I go Algier. Algier here. Easy. Start yeah. two, Juju, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk. Well, Christian Watson might not play. That means yeah, then it's... Yeah, Juju Ayuk if Watson doesn't play, obviously, but I think it might be Ayuk over Juju even. Yeah, I do think that's a safer play. I think Juju has more upside, but I do think Ayuk certainly has a safer floor. I don't know what makes uh, yeah, you guys 100%. say that Brandon Ayuk has a safe floor. I don't know what 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 about his floor the last few games 14.4 makes points you per game say since week five. 
Since week five, fine, but let's let's he condense that one, down to the last four weeks. He has one bad game, man. He does not have one ten and bad a half, game, two point nine, twelve point seven, seven point one, nine, fifteen, nine point four. Like in your like Bro, you were just talking about how ten points sucks, and now you're talking about how nine points is good. <sighs> Stop putting words in my mouth. You were the not what I said at all. That but when it's John like Swift, a floor of seven points is a floor. I mean, I, I'm I'm going with Juju on that easily. All right, whatever. I mean, I That's agree. Fair. I, I mean, prefer it's Juju. Not, it's not personal, Michael. But then, <laughs> it's not personal. Next, <laughs> we got Josh Jacobs, Zach Moss, Isaiah Haskins, or Isaiah Pacheco in full PPR. In that case, I'm sticking with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, got to stick with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, I mean Pacheco would be the guy. I'd play. That's why he wasn't a bench. Tearbreaker down wasn't a bench, but yeah. Pacheco otherwise. Like if 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 what if Zamir White is active? Are you are you still not pivoting? I don't really. I don't think that matters too much. Like I don't, I don't Ma- know. Michael's talking about how that that's a big uh, is going to have a big influence on Josh Jacobs. So Michael, if, if that's I think the it case. Could, I think it could, but we'll see. I think they'll announce it closer to the game. I don't think they're going to be like pricks about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree, but I, I do still think like. Again, it's matchup based. It's also scoring based. It's also function of offense based. But I do still think Josh Jacobs is probably the most reliant and highest volume play of any member of the offense. Like he'll get the most touches. All right, all right. It's fair, fair enough. And the last two questions come from Jason, the special guest: Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff? Kirk Cousins is against Green Bay, and Jared Cousins. Goff is against Chicago. I actually lean golf Cousins. here. I have golf ranked higher. I'm going Kirk. Green Bay is a top two pass defense this season in terms of passing yardage allowed. Who is it, Kirk, and who else? And Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I have them ranked six and seven this this week. Um, Your rankings are insanity this week, and I'm I'm here for it. My rank. I'm telling you, my rankings are completely away from from ERC. This is the most away from ERC I've been. ECR. Expert ECR. ranking consensus. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that works too, though. Expert ranking consensus is a... Is Except a, it's it not the acronym. But it makes sense. No, it if it, That's like if saying it ASPA works for as soon as possible or some stupid no, it's shit not. because it's close. As soon possible always? As soon as possible. <laughs> no, nah, but if it was as. ASAP, but if it was ASPA, if it was as soon possible as, that doesn't make any sense. But experts ranking consensus makes sense it does all right um, and lastly I, mean, I pick but but with that being said i have now switched it jared goff is number six and kirk cousins is number seven all right i'd rather la- go golf lastly hollywood brown latavius murray or rashid shaheed i la- lean i lean hollywood with colt mccoy at least returning the thing is with latavius murray like do you even know he's gonna get work at this point yeah he's like the poor man's deontay foreman i feel like uh lat's been a little bit more consistent than deontay but, but consistent on a but i don't think six, it's had like as six high of a to ceiling eight point either, level obviously i'm not really interested in six points i'm worried about hollywood and in, in, with even with colt yeah i'd even consider shaheed over lat murray and I'm the, I'm, i love hollywood ah yeah go hollywood <laughs> and those are the questions i'm going lat and those are the questions. Good luck, fellas and ladies. Good luck. May the force be with you. We hope you win. We're trying to send you belts. By the way, uh, 
Partybelts.com. We haven't we haven't said a lot about uh, our boy Nolan and Partybelts.com this year. Sorry, Nolan. Um, but we will be telling you guys all about Partybelts.com and probably next week. Yeah. So let me recap the uh, for the Unlimited League real quick. Um, after week one, remember, there's only one crowned champion. Thanks, Zeke, put up 115.3 in my league. And uh, Eagle2080 put up 131. So a little low scoring. Ooh. And Eagle has the lead here. And in Tim, your ball division league um, in your week 17. Are you just going to take Hertz it? Hertz Alerts put are up you, 133. Just going to take it from you, huh? Yeah. All and right. Piz yep. put up 106. Oof. So not the most high scoring from the ch- the championship round week one. Heading into week two, we have some leads, and we shall see how it goes. A Good lot. luck to those folk. Yeah, a lot to be uh, a lot to be. It, it, those, I was still setting lineups in that league, like I was competing for a championship, just because I didn't <laughs> want to fizzle out the muscle way memory. I, had. I wanted to go on a high note. So yeah, the unlimited leagues are absolute pleasure, man. And, and for all the listeners and then those that aren't Patreons, make sure you sign up to get in on it next year. It's the funnest league that I've been in, and I'm in 37 fantasy leagues. Guys, I'm. I'm currently projected 188 points. What the? Oh, it's two weeks. Uh, yeah. I about to say, what the fuck? Yeah, too little, too late also. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah, right. like 92 points. That's not a lot at all. Yeah. That's not a lot at all. Uh, all right, Michael. Uh, that's that's all from us. Guys, thank you so much for listening this season. Yep. If you have, um, just a programming note, how we always do. We'll be back on Monday, but we will not be having an episode this Thursday. Uh, we always take off week 17 Thursday, but if you want to have week 18 now, week 18, yes. But if you want to have, uh, access to us, if you have a week, if you have like a double week championship or if you have a week 18 championship, which I feel like the vast minority of people have week 18 championships because the NFL extending it kind of like let people who made that decision, like fix themselves and stay week 17. Um, but with that being said, Oh, no episode for us. Actually, my wife's birthday that day, so uh, thank God, uh, because that would have been something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to you guys. We hope you guys win a lot of fantasy championships. We'll be back Monday to just kind of, like, recap um, the week that was, and then we're going to get into The championship week that was. Yeah, man. Then we'll get into our our fun off-season content. We'll do the bet stuff. We'll do the fantasy MVP. We'll do some looking back at the year. We'll look some look some do some looking forward uh, to the some draft dynasty. because, you know, Dynasty starts as soon as redraft dynasty. ends. That's right, where Matt, Matt's been chomping at the bit to talk Dynasty. You can't tell from the new voice of excitement <laughs> that he just pulled out. It's like 2000, 2011 Eminem. Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy if you want any advice for that week. Matt, where can, they, where can they find you? You can find me on all social media at PsychWordFF. Michael? At BrotoFFMike. You can find me at BrotoFFTim. You can find Cass at BrotoFFCasanova, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter for the podcast, at FFByBroto on Twitter for the app and everything involved with the app. Um, brotofantasy.com please download the fantasy football by broto at and if you have a second like if you've if you've listened all the way through this is two hours and 19 minutes two hours and 20 minutes we're about to hit right now if you listen all the way through thank you so much and if you have a a couple extra minutes after this two hours go leave a review go leave a comment it goes a long way uh, either on the app store or in your favorite uh, place where you um, where you consume uh, podcasts also if you don't already follow us or both 
Yeah, if you don't already follow us on wherever you do, please subscribe. That's another thing that really gets us boosted uh, and in front of more eyes. And the more eyes that see us, the more uh, money that comes in, the more money that comes in, we can make this more of a constant thing, right? And, and you've seen the innovation that we've had so far over the last three years. And we've invented stats. Uh, we've invented apps. Uh, and, you know, it's only beginning. Uh, so it, the more that comes to us, the more we will give you our insight and our unique skills. I think very important to like not to not to sound too braggadocious, but uh, you're not getting these stats anywhere else. And you're not getting this like Matt, honestly, on, on rookies, if since he's been with Brodo is like 98 percent hit rate. It's fucking ridiculous. So you're not getting this stuff anywhere else. Uh, you're not getting true throw value. You're not getting defensive points over average. You're not getting Matt's dynasty mind. You're not getting this anywhere else except Brodo. So please stay with Brodo and uh, please support if you can. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. You can get a yearly subscription and you save some money. You get a couple of months free um, if you do that. And it, it makes it easier to go through the offseason, which we have a bunch of good offseason content coming for you, uh, a bunch of extras. And of course, the constant... Um, the constant conversation that's happening over at the Discord and Michael's fantasy baseball. Don't forget about fantasy baseball, the Brodo dugout. Um, this kid has been on fire, especially the past three years. Michael is great at fantasy football. He's probably the greatest fantasy baseball player that I've ever seen. So shout out to Michael. Uh, yeah. With that being Matt, said, Tim just yeah. does not want this episode to end. I you appreciate know, the kind words. Yeah, Tim. I know, man. It's, 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 it's getting <laughs> look, intense. I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, nobody's list. So first, <laughs> so first, what happened was the big bang. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Matt, last question to close it off. Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Come on, bro. I'm about to stop this. 